Hey everybody and welcome to episode 502 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host Michael Raparez coming to you from the Landon Justin and Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com/lasertime and join us at the $20 level. But who's joining me now? Little Gator guy, Chris Antiques. <laughs> Aww. And I'm Matthew Allen, and I too am sorry to say I will no longer be playing Superman in the films. Oh. <laughs> Me either. And special guest, newly promoted Shinra Soldier First Class, Brendan Hesse. <laughs> wow. Nice. And Brendan, where where else can people see or hear more of your work? Your beeswax. Uh, the easiest place to find me is on Twitter.com uh, at Brendan underscore LH. You can find my writing on places like GameSpot, Lifehacker, uh, most Wired? recently Wired. Yeah, yeah. wow. Prestigious. Um, I also make games and make videos. So, I mean, there's tons of stuff, man. There's too much. Wait, you As make- we said last time I was on here, I have too many jobs. So, I, I didn't know you made games. What What games do you make? So, actually, I made my first... I, I used to... I, I made a couple tabletop games. But this year, um, between the last time I was on and now, I uh, I made and released my first... First person dungeon crawler. Uh, it's you know very inspired by wizardry. I made it in like thirty days. It was like a little game jam challenge to myself. And uh, yeah, I'm working on some other stuff too. You can find all that on my YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/crawl. So nice. Yeah, the crawl or crawl. The crawl. The crawl. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, it's it's going to be a fun show. We are continuing. Our best of theme for December last week, you might remember we did best remakes. And when when I say best, it's, of course, very subjective. It's our favorites of the ones that we personally played this year. Yeah, fuck tactics over. over, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, Yeah, you showed them. Yeah, really gave that fan base a black eye. Uh, (laughs) But and, and this week we are we are continuing the theme by talking about DLC. And then immediately disqualifying ourselves by not talking about the Destiny 2 Witch Queen expansion, yeah. which everyone loved, but I think only Matt really played. Yeah, yep. man. I don't know what it would take to pull me back into Destiny, but uh, I, I haven't found it, and I'm not sure it exists. Well, Michael, yeah, Michael was like, well, you know, none of us are really Destiny guys. I was like, no, no, I'm a Destiny guy. Yeah, and, you and you I, just hide it. You're a closet Destiny guy. I, well, it would, otherwise it would dominate every show's news segment and stuff. And That's it's like, true. yeah, when, when there are new expansions, I buy them right away and play them. And, and it was good. It, people were saying it was like going back to, like, I don't know, like Destiny 1 level expansion stuff. And I'm like, mm. eh. it, it was a very good expansion, but not top five material in my Ooh, all right did they mean that did they mean being like destiny one in a bad way or a good way no they they were well god was it destiny one or two was taken king destiny one or two i totally forget at this point it was was one one, right i think it was was one one. yeah so people were comparing it with the taken king it 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 has a lot of similarities to the taken king but I, i personally don't think it was that good but it was it was a good expansion just not top five material expansion well, what's the deal is that 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 trailer during the game awards is destiny and the end starts now i don't know they've, they've been having this running storyline that one of my issues with destiny i don't play it every day or anything like that it's just like every time i have to jump back in there's so much shit to catch up on it's just kind of. you know like you thought destiny story was confusing in one when it was manageable like now imagine that plus I never gave you know, a shit about Destiny Store. Those fucking raids are amazing, and I'm glad the raids are Call great. Of Duty's the raids one. are great. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on with that new expansion. We'll get to it in the news segment, but the uh, the trailer sure looked um, 
sci-fi multiplayer e i also saw there's like an assassin's creed crossover michael what's the deal yes with that? The, well it's it's cosmetic crossovers destiny players get like some armor sets and skins for ships and stuff that are inspired by assassin's creed and then there's like weapon and armor packs that are coming to assassin's creed valhalla inspired by destiny characters so once when again, I think Ubisoft. Assassin's Creed, I think spaceships. Definitely. Yes, of course yes. you do. Well, yeah. I mean, if you played certain Assassin's Creeds, you you might, you should. I mean, but I, I, well. I, I do think sci-fi orbs when I think Assassin's Thank Creed. Thank you. Yeah, so I was going to say something. Sure. Yeah. yeah, sure. But once again, Ubisoft, they are willing to put Assassin's Creed shit in anything and never stop. I love it. No, that's just historical stuff, Matt. It's yes. it's different. That that stuff really happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vikings, <laughs> all, it's all real. The events of Soul Calibur, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With Ezio. Yeah, Ezio. Potentially, Ezio could exist in the same universe as Kratos, considering Kratos was in an earlier I Soul I mean, Calibur that's the, brilliant, the brilliance of the Animus. If they're still using that, I don't remember. Yeah, are you still using the Animus? It can technically uh, bring you into any game you want. But it's like the one they have now is just sort of like you bring it with you. It's a bit like Oculus Quest now where it's just like, yeah, you know. It's like a coffin that you sleep inside. Sort yeah. of. I didn't realize it was an iterative technology. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. No. And in recent games, they're always like at some archaeological expedition and they just kind of strap into their yeah, headset it, wherever it, they are. It used to be that it was like, you know, it could explore your genetic memories, like unlock all this data hidden mm-hmm. in, in your DNA. And now it's just like, we've made it so that we can sequence the DNA of corpses. And so if we find like an ancient body of the main character, then we can relive their life. Right. So it's going to be a fun show. We've, we've got a lot to talk about on top of that. Uh, Justin Roiland made a game some of you might have heard of oh, called hey, High on oh, Life. Geez. Oh, hey, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, new crisis core remake that could have made it on our list last week but yeah it wasn't out it's fine that's true it wasn't out. it wasn't out yeah let's just dive in with our top five starting with number five my my what a happy family <laughs> <laughs> now ishwari darling move lakshmana to the left rj tell your mother and sister to wait no <laughs> What have you done? No, that wasn't me. That was... Oh, God. You can't lie about who you are. Not in here. Uh, Troy Baker as an urbane villain in which game? No idea. Yeah. Didn't play All any right. DLC this year. So this, this <laughs> Shouldn't is... Shouldn't even be here, right? <laughs> and, and this is where I say, full disclosure, I'm a Ubisoft employee, because this is Far Cry 6... Pagan Control. Oh, I did play this. Yes, Yes, you did. You did (laughs) play this. this So this is the follow-up to one of our winners from last year, Voss Insanity. And Far Cry 6 did this thing around the the end of last year, beginning of this year, where each of these Far Cry villains, Voss, Pagan Min, and Joseph Seed, got their own little DLC adventures where you are locked in their heads after the the end of the game, after their defeats, whatever whatever happens to them, and they are battling with their inner demons, which take several different shapes. In in Pagan's case, his inner demon is himself, basically. For Voss, he was fighting like this ghost of uh, Jason Brody, the main character. But Pagan Min has ac- actually nothing against. Ajay Gale, the the hero of Far Cry 4, not to get too spoilery, but he kind of regards him as his son. And Mm. so his villain is 
the part of himself that he doesn't like to acknowledge, that Pagan Min is a vicious psychopath, but he thinks of himself as this very nice, urbane person. His banter in the game kind of, you know, feeds into that illusion. I knew you'd come here, Pagan. I've been waiting. Yuma? Yuma, is that you? Oh, I've missed your voice. How are you, my dear? Y Yuma? Okay. Rude. <laughs> yeah. Troy, Troy Baker did a pretty good performance here. <laughs> I don't need keys. I have a fucking gun. So, yeah, like the other chapters, this is roguelite inspired, I think is the word that they used. So the, the idea is that you're doing multiple runs through this world. There are multiple challenges and other things that you have to defeat in order to get money. And you can use the money to unlock permanent perks and weapon upgrades. And the, the more you run through this, the more powerful you can become and eventually... You can run through it at multiple difficulty levels and reach the true ending that reveals something interesting you might not have known about Far Cry lore if you're into that, which you might be if you own Far Cry 6 and bought the DLCs. I didn't get through all of this stuff, so I'm curious to know what the hell that that is. Because eventually... Ugh. I love these modes so much, and it was only saddened that they were DLC because it meant they would get, you know, like, no iterative upgrades. Because once you get through the end game. There's not much to do, and they're they're a little short for what they are, but there's three of them, so it's kind of massive. But I loved it. I really did. It was like a the things that Far Cry does great to me are the paranormal and hallucinatory moments, and this was all about that shit. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. totally. One of my favorite bits in this was there's like a, a propaganda tower that's basically spilled sideways over a waterfall, and when I mean spilled sideways, I mean like it's broken into chunks that are floating in the air above a waterfall, and so you, cool. you have to climb all these platforms while listening to Pagan. Basically, it's broadcasting intrusive thoughts that he doesn't want to acknowledge, like... I hope Shwami doesn't bring the baby with her this time. Oh, the shrieks. I'm going to split my skull. And I am sick of competing with that little sack of pissing shit. I get it. Don't I deserve some fucking attention? And he's like, no, that's awful. I don't want to be hearing that. I don't I don't want to acknowledge that I've had these thoughts. I never had these thoughts. I don't want to acknowledge I was better offering that gay bar in Toronto. Mm -hmm. My last Buddy Cole <laughs> reference I think I'll be able to make. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Shorzy's dad, man. Show some yeah. respect. Is it really? Yeah. Um, here's here's another clip. Let's tear shit up. Who was that? Some golden path terrorist? Shot as always. Hmm. Well, they did plague me for years. Stands to reason they'd be on my mind. Yes, he, he understands he's he's locked in his own mind. And there, there's details in this I didn't even notice the first time that, like, if you look up at the sky, the clouds form a portrait of, of Pagan sitting on his throne. There's, mm -hmm. you know, that <laughs> that's, image that's re perfect. repeated in uh, statues all over the place. And, and that, yeah, that's one thing at the beginning of that clip I just played, Chris, that you said you really liked that, like, 
Yeah, there's there's a lot of like close up executions in this. I and his his executions like, are so stabbing silly. a dude in the face with a pencil. I think was one of them. But then he'll like daintily remove it with two fingers. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been an expensive pen. Now that I think he has he has it. like the nicest shoes of any character in a first person shooter ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, he's very very stylish. Very, very stylish. I do have to ask, and I know. You're not going to tell me, and you probably don't know, Michael, but, like, mm-hmm. I'm really curious now. Are we going to get a Giancarlo Esposito DLC along these lines where we go into his mind? I mean, like, that would be pretty cool. That has yeah. not that is not something I've heard about or that has been discussed around me. I do know Far Cry 6 did just get a new DLC, Lost Between Worlds, which I haven't had a chance to play yet. But uh, if you like hallucinatory stuff, hey, uh, being trapped in a world created by an alien AI is kind of up there. Lost Between Worlds just sounds like the series finale of the show Lost, so I want to avoid it (laughs) by all means. It sounds like the 3DS Zelda sequel we'll never get. But but, but in the the case of this DLC, I just want to mention, I'm not totally shitting on Far Cry 6, but I enjoyed the DLC more more than I did. The game itself, but just because the game was just like more Far Cry, and this is a little, this is a little different. Yeah, the, uh, I like I like both. I got smitten with six, even though I, I understood that it's like yeah, it's very much a greatest hits of the last few Far Cry games. But I enjoy them enough to where I don't give a shit about that. Like, yes, give me more. But then I do like that the DLC remixes the formula. The whole the whole weapon, you know, needing to unlock the chest, fighting off waves of enemies to unlock chest of weapons, and mm-hmm. and altering your loadout before you you know after you died and go back into the world i I thought it was really it was just a really clever way to have expanded content without necessarily building a ton of new content you know Mm -hmm. it's yeah even though i'm sure they didn't just recycle back those characters because if you didn't listen to 30 2010 jr and i the far cry 3 10th and 10th anniversary came up um early december sounds about right and yeah and that's kind of when the series that i really like became you know, the Far Cry I really like, which is mm. the hallucinatory, mm. yeah. big bad villain Far Cry. Yeah, and, yeah this uh, sounds really cool because I, I liked 4 a lot. And part of my what I liked about 4 were those uh, like otherworldly segments yeah. where mm-hmm. you're yeah. like in palaces and stuff. So this sounds really cool to me. Yeah, this I didn't is know a that, lot of that. I didn't know that that was what they were doing for the DLC. Are they going to do like for Primal? Are you going to be like a saber tooth tiger? Or? There you go. That <laughs> would be pretty cool. But Mammoth no, maybe? No. I, I, don't, I don't know that they'll... Revisit Primal, but, um, you know, again, if if that's happening, it's not anything I've heard of. Yeah. But yeah, these, are, these are neat. I'm glad yeah. they did them. And yeah. Uh, this, yeah, in particular, I think I was trying to figure out, like, what was my favorite Far Cry of modern Far Cries? Mm. I, most people would say three. I think yeah. might it might actually five. be four. I think five. it might it might actually be five just because I really love the world they built for five. Mm-hmm. But like four took everything three did well. And then just sort of improved upon the systems you know Mm -hmm. like in terms of like getting around the world was a lot easier in four than three that kind of thing so yeah Yeah, i loved four yeah and then by the time they get to six i mean six is great because it's like yeah we'll just fucking airdrop you anywhere Mm -hmm. where where do you want to go like we'll just we'll get you there i skipped out on so much exploration like yep airdrop airdrop everywhere airdrop and squirrel suit and parachute done yep 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 loved it which was that that was in New Dawn. Was that introduced, right? Where you could do that, or was it five that let you? No, I, I think, think that five. Was five, you, yeah. yeah, five yeah, let yeah. you airdrop, and because you you could make friends with the pilot, who's then like, yeah, I'll just fly you wherever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's, a, yeah. it's a great fast travel system. It's like, well, 
you're not just going to spawn here. We're going to drop you over this map. So if mm-hmm. you see something else you want yeah, to go It's to. like this mission objective is over here and the spawn point, this, this fast travel point is over here. But if I airdrop at the fast travel point, I can just glide my way to the, the mission objective. So. Which is a form of exploration just up sort in the of, sky. Sort of, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, missing out on all the sky stuff on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> it's, something, it's something these DLCs don't have and that this tells you how good they are. I didn't miss it. Like they don't have mm. you know, like the same because the maps are so much smaller yeah yeah uh, you don't need to fast travel as much but um yeah, and also it's, just it's a smaller more focused experience that is mm-hmm. is built to be uh interesting on repeat repeat playthroughs so like they don't want yeah. you to get bored with it they have the doors where you it's like fixed mm. points you can transport right. yeah. between you know yeah that's true then there are those fast travel points but um yeah it they, it, these these were really interesting you know i hope they do more like these but um you know i was also very impressed by one of our other favorite games from last year mm-hmm. uh, our in fact game of the year came out with its own dlc finally number four lively now aren't you you should have put that effort into running it would have made the chase that much more thrilling uh, let me go let me go it would seem this little rabbit lacks the necessary fortitude. <laughs> a pity. You had shown a little grit and actually escaped. That purifying crystal would now be yours. Well, these rabbits haven't the fortitude for such endeavors. What is this? Was that the Duke? That was the Duke. From in Resident Evil Village? Yes, oh, from Resident Evil Village. I, t- in, I forgot this even happened. Oh, my God. Yeah, the Winter's Expansion, which had the story adventure Shadows of Rose. It expands on, uh, spoilers, I guess, the, the ending of Resident Evil Village, where it has the grown-up Rose, the baby that you're trying to save throughout that game. And in this, you're playing as her. It pulls the camera back into third person and also adds a third person camera to the story mode if you want to play like that. And but you said it's optional, right? Like the it third is optional, person. yeah. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Third person is not optional in the DLC. There's no way to turn it off. But uh, it this is a it it feels like a greatest hits version of Resident Evil Eight, where you're playing as Rose, you're exploring Castle Dimitrescu, and then the um, I'm blanking on the name, but the the creepy uh, the Benevento house the, with all the dolls, the dollhouse, yeah, the the dollhouse and the 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 horror basement, and <laughs> yeah, I think the the village proper is the final stage, but it's it's very condensed. You can play through it in about two and a half hours or less, and I think it took me close to four on the first attempt. You know, it it is fun to revisit that kind of gameplay. Uh, there are some differences. Rose has an ability. Her whole thing is like she has powerful bioweapon abilities and one of them is the ability to destroy these like flowers that are, you know, attached to barriers and, uh, you know, psychically destroy them and eliminate the the mutamycete that's in her way. Mutamycete? Mutamycete. And the whole time she's fighting like goo zombies and she eventually gets the ability to stun them, damage them with her psychic blasts and make them more vulnerable to to gunshots. The conceit of this is that she is mentally entering this sample from, like, the giant fungus under the village, and it Mm -hmm. holds the consciousnesses of everyone who has died 
within it proximity to it. We just spoil seven and eight, Michael. Jesus, yeah, I guess. Because <laughs> I don't have to play them now. I yeah, just know no, what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, oh, it's, it's all a giant fungus. Okay, like, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fungus among us. Yeah, yeah. You know, Rose starts out, she's she's very down on herself. She's grown up with no, no support system, let's say. She's uh, largely been raised by Chris Redfield, apparently, and <laughs> has lived her whole life being ostracized because she has powers and her uh, her hands will sometimes sweat white goop. You are not a freak. Mine, too. Don't ask how I, I got there. <laughs> no, I am. So I keep my distance from everybody at school. They knew what I really was. So you don't have any friends that you can talk to? <laughs> talk to? About what? How I'm hardly even human? How I'm some kind of horrendous monster? <laughs> but hey, it's okay. I hardly ever murder my friends. So she's she's told that like, oh, somewhere in this mutamycete, there's a purifying crystal that can take away your powers. And this is in no way suspicious. So, of course, she jumps at the chance like I can be a normal human. Oh, boy. And, uh, you know, goes overrated. This... Just saying, Rose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like into... an issue of the X-Men where Brogue is trying to lose her powers or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And and she winds up in the dungeons of Castle Dimitrescu and it sees like a succession of clones of herself constantly being chased and murdered by monsters and, you know, just corpses of herself everywhere. And what the fuck is going on? And uh, I could tell you, but that would be spoiling the game. There are a lot of new scares if you remember what happens in the Benevento house basement, uh, something almost as terrifying happens. I uh, don't want to spoil too much. Uh, also, speaking of uh, Dimitrescu, you get to play as her, finally. Although she's actually kind of difficult to unlock. Cassandra! Time to hunt! This expands the mercenaries mode. You get to play as Chris Redfield, Alcina Dimitrescu, and also Heisenberg. And uh, I think to unlock Alcina, you have to have like an S rank on like some some later level. Uh, I've never been able to get past the second one, but uh, playing as Chris Redfield is a lot of fun. Mm. He has some really powerful punches that you can upgrade. Of course he does. Of course he yeah. does, and and can just like knock werewolves over. And after a while, I playing as him, I just stopped using guns and took out the karambit and just started slicing everything and punching yeah. it. And uh, he he also has like a meter that you build up, and when when it gets full, you can become like super powerful. And doing these close up executions where he like jams the karambit into a monster's eye and twists it before kicking them away, uh, it, it's kind of kind of cool if you're you're a fan of that sort of thing. And then yeah. when you play as Alcina, uh, Lady Domitresk, she has her claws. She can summon swarms of insects and can throw furniture. And she's has her camera is just a bit taller than everyone else's. Also. Well, I can do that. I yeah. can do that. Last you, you, you have to crouch to go through doors. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of cool. Everybody wants to see more of Lady Domitresk. She was the absolutely the breakout. Why, why did this DLC? There. I feel like I failed to notice that it even existed. It came out. It's a year after, well, over a year, yeah, year eight, and a half about after eighteen the months, of the game. I think. Yeah. yeah, and it came yeah. out kind of quietly. Like I 
missed it and I was yeah. excited for it. And then, like, I didn't find out until, like, a, a couple weeks there's, after there's been no Resident out. Evil that didn't have its DLC announced beforehand. And I think they didn't mm. do that because people are assholes. Sorry, I worked there for a little bit. Uh, and then, like, everyone really loved 8. And, like, is there more coming? Please tell us there's more coming. And remember there was, like, just an image, like... A black mm-hmm. screen with white text, there will be DL- DLC for Resident Evil 8 is in development after the game came out. And then really quiet for a long time. So it seems to me they kind of maybe started actually there, which would be weird for a, you know, mm. a company Capcom size to start DLC. And I, yeah, I, I didn't I see it. It's getting, it got odd reviews. But not terrible reviews. Yeah, I, I did see some of the reviewers did not like the campaign. Mm. I enjoyed it, but you know, I common complaint I saw was like it's too short. After this long wait, it should be longer. And uh, we don't like Rose or her powers because uh, Rose has a potty mouth. <laughs> Seriously, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> that's what she says to the the monster behind the scenes that's messing with her. Like, oh god, not more of this. She kind of has that in common with Ethan. Like, I don't have time for your bullshit. Stop this. <laughs> she also takes after her dad with hand issues. Mm, that's true. That's true. Yeah, like all those. Well, she doesn't have the same injuries. She just yeah sweats white. It's goo. white sweat goo. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Hmm. And and yeah, there is there is a bit uh, where she's constantly being tormented with like you know notes she wrote in childhood about being ostracized by other kids, and she's just like, yeah, you're trying to you're trying to break me. Fuck you. You think I'm not I'm not used to this shit? That this is still a sore spot. Get bent. Uh, that's that's kind of cool to see. She's she is resilient, but not as resilient as the brand that helped shape this DLC. Number three. Uh. Haley, what is that? Pretty neat, huh? Not every day you get to be fired out of a super-sized Hot Wheels launcher. The principles are mostly the same. Been a tough build, but it's ready. The biggest, fastest theme park ever. Come on, we have a slingshot to catch. Hot Wheels leading the way and what? Pretty neat, eh, governor? Eh? Mm-hmm. Eh? Yeah. Eh? Uh, this is the Hot Wheels DLC for Forza Horizon. Okay, five. So yeah. Confused. Like, what? What game are you guys about to talk about? All well, right, Forza Five specifically. So they skipped. You know, remember there was a yeah, Hot Wheels it was, expansion for it, three. The, the was it Forza Three DLC? Yeah. Three, three had Hot Wheels. And, Four and had they, a really underrated Lego expansion, which I loved. But yeah, but uh, the, the, they, the DLC for three was so well received. The Hot Wheels brand, like we're going to make our own racing game, and so the Hot Wheels DLC took a back seat until this Forza DLC. Well, that, yeah. that Hot Wheels DLC. I, I feel the need to out. say we we're talking about Forza Horizon, the Horizon. awesome open world arcade racer, not the Gearhead racer. Just Forza, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, one yeah. I don't. Well, play. they're both for Gearheads. Just one is one lets you off road, the other does. Yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, they they not only just kind of had a repeat performance of the excellent three DLC, like they actually improved upon it in a ton of ways. Um, one of the areas for a five and I think people who listen here know that I'm a huge fan of the series. Chris is too. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ways that I think five improved upon previous horizon games is it sort of gave you kind of more of a campaign, like goals that were, there were like quest lines and, and there was progression versus the other games were just very much like, here's this huge map. 
uh, go drive around and, and here's a race. And then maybe you would you would open up more races, but like five was pretty good about like, no, this is this this one event track and you're going to open all this stuff. The DLC sort of works similarly. And actually, I think people complained a little bit about it when it came out. Like it, it gates off the class of cars you can use until you progress in the races. But ultimately, it ends up feeling way better because like by the time you have like the S rank, highest rank cars, you are the S1s and S2s. You're fucking flying through mm. those those loop-de-loops and all the cool Hot Wheels track, the orange yeah. track shit that, that you love of and expect. just defies possibility that, like, it, just these massive, massive orange tracks floating hundreds of feet above the Earth. Like, yeah. this is all aerial, and there is, in fact, a point where... Uh, your pilot friend Ramiro is buzzing the track in a, uh, what looks like a fighter jet and just kind of giving you grief. I feel the need! The need for keys! You see the room here? It's stretching your G-Forza! Go as fast as you can while hitting extreme angles! Magnet track, engage! Or so you have to have a magnet track so you can go at ninety degrees. Well, yeah, they added the magnet. The magnet tracks are great. There's a uh, water, water tracks that are kind of like you're just going down a giant water slide, mm-hmm. um, where it encourages you to to slide out. And actually, he mentions that roll meter. Yeah, I just want to say you did not miss here. He says G Forza. Forza, ah, <laughs> perfect. Um, that roll meter he mentions that is new this time. And I think what happened because the scale Michael mentioned of like these are huge. Hot Wheels tracks, they're so big, in fact, that it's sometimes sort of hard to tell, like, oh, you're mid-loop on this thing, or, or like, you're, you're mid, like, a side loop on this, and so they give you this roll meter to show you, like, oh, no, you're not just going flat on the ground here, like, you are deep in a banked turn. I disabled it, because I just personally found it distracting and kind of knew when I was in the loop-de-loops and stuff like that, but I, I think it must have been, like, people on three, I wonder if it was, like, causing motion sickness or something where people were just kind of getting out of sorts like there's some reason they put that meter in but uh small, it's a small nice price to nice pay for addition. a dream realized and i by dream realized those hot wheels tracks were too fucking expensive when i was a kid for my parents to get me wanted them so bad yeah, yeah. uh yeah. but you, you could never build anything like that let alone drive a real car on it so it yeah. it's still a little slice of wonderful for me oh yeah oh yeah so oh, like uh, are these is this an own it's own like separate map or are they it's, a, it's like, an all new map yeah you have to oh, okay. you have to fly to the island i was really so. hoping that there was just random like hot wheels tracks just floating over throughout was the, the, the mexico mexico, the mexico they built yeah. yeah no just like a sonic frontiers but cars mm-hmm. it's it's a smaller map obviously than the main game's map but it's it's um there's a lot going on there very much like in three they have like instead of a dinosaur there's like a dragon that you go by and there are like waterfalls you're gonna weave in and out of and and there will be some like straight up vertical straight you know drops and stuff like that into like a volcano and so they they make the most of that little space they gave it Mm -hmm. one thing i really love i was talking about the quests and i don't know if you got audio this michael i meant to to ask you too oh i might but um they the quest lines, they actually, it's its obviously a huge commercial for Hot Wheel, but yes. they walk you through the history yes. of Hot Wheel. They will tell you more about Hot Wheels than you have ever wanted to know, to wit. Right, so the 80s were known as the Black Horse era because the previous red line tires with a red pinstripe were discontinued in 1977. 
So much more. <laughs> this is all happening as you're going 200 miles per yes, hour. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I think on that one specifically, like you, you have to keep the car above 100 miles an hour. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and they have the catapults. They have the stuff. Mm-hmm. Like everything from those Hot Wheels tracks that we all wanted and few could afford. And even if you could afford it when you built it, the cars only kind of went around the loops half the time. Uh, that's all here. They got like the catapults that are flinging the car at high speed. Like it's uh. It is, it's wish fulfillment, but it's like on this grand scale and it, yeah, I kind of, I kind of hope they do this every other Forza Horizon from now on. Just yeah. like, yeah, let, let's, let's give it a break with the next one and then let's do it again on the next it, one. Like it seems like a VGA topic, like DLC that inspired its own game. Mm-hmm. Cause th- this did end up doing that. And yeah, I, yeah, I'm not, not sure. The Hot Wheels game is not terrible. That little arcade. No, no, it's not it's terrible. No Forza, I think, but, I think yeah, it's just yeah. a big ass to like buy a full price game that's normally like it was like $20 DLC for a game I or I got for free. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, like to me to, for me to commit to a new franchise rather than see this as a add-on to a franchise I'm already involved with. Yeah, I think I got this I sp- I didn't ever buy Forza Horizon 5. I have it through Game Pass, but I spent $50 on the expansion pass to the game which got me like every car they were ever releasing and this expansion and it was it was worth it. So. Mhm. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, and again, an, a, an interesting aspect to Game Pass. I don't think we talk about that much. That a lot of Microsoft's first-party stuff has ongoing charges that mm-hmm. are not included in Game Pass at yep. all. Yep. And you exactly. got to wonder if that makes people more receptive to buying that kind of stuff because it's essentially free to play. Yeah, I know it does me. Like, oh well, I've, grand total, I will have spent fourteen bucks on Forza, <laughs> not counting the Game Pass subscription fees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the cool part is with with all the cars that in addition to the standard cars you can you can use those so like if you have a Ferrari you can use it on the tracks here but they give you Hot Wheels cars with every tier and it's like a lot of the signature Hot Wheels cars that you know and love you know like the uh, the Bone Shaker I think it's called and, yeah. and stuff but mm-hmm. you can okay. use all those then in uh, regular for, or you can use a segment of them in, in the regular Forza races back in on the regular map so okay cool so you're saying that I can relive. 10 year old me playing hot wheel stunt racer on windows 98 indeed indeed <laughs> and, and, and again like we don't know the world but like talking to brett and grim about like the hot wheels fan base like brett working at toys r us and like yeah you know a handful of Hang hot on, wheels brett fans. worked at toys r us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a, ha- a handful of people waiting on the loading dock for them to bring in new hot wheels like what are they what, what'd you get what'd you get what'd you get what'd you get like adults super into hot wheels that's why that that information is there because there is a collector base we admittedly know very little about you know mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah they are represented in this dlc <laughs> <laughs> for sure they are that woman is very breathless about her love of hot wheels um but yeah speaking of game pass here's a game that seems like it should be on it and yet isn't number two Here's a real high-class bout. Here goes. Uh, real high-class bout in which game? 
Cuphead. Uh, Cuphead, the DLC delicious last course. Yes. Did they get a fucking sweet deal from Microsoft? I think everybody thought they somehow owned that game instead of kind of paying for it to take full shape mm-hmm. and then allowing it to release on... It was released on other consoles while it, while it was still on Game Pass. But once it left Game Pass, I think it was clear, like, this is not a Microsoft brand at all. And they just got renewed for another season of their cartoon show, and I'm seeing merchandise out the ass. Limited wow. Run Games just came up with a physical edition of Cuphead that looks fucking great mm-hmm. uh, with a bunch of extra art. Very cool. It's also, you know, a relatively short offering, although you can't really say that given how much effort and artistry goes into crafting each of the battles in in this DLC. So uh, Delicious Last Course adds a new character, Miss Chalice. And Miss Chalice is a ghost, but she can replace, like, swap bodies with Cubhead or Mugman if you have, like, a cookie relic that you get at the start of the DLC. And she's a, a really fun character to play around with. She has a dash that is also her parry. So there's like a whole series of levels that are just, you can't shoot, and it, it's only built around the parry, like your parry is your attack. And... A whole movie's yeah. a reference that even Brendan didn't expect. Uh, parry. Um. <laughs> she's, she's got a double jump. Uh, she's she's a pretty cool character, fun fun to play around with. And the new fights are really inventive. Uh, there's like, I I think my, my favorite is the, the moonshine mob, a gang of 1920s bootlegger spiders that Mm -hmm. they, Mm -hmm. they summon like, you know, flies to attack you. And then like their big boss is an anteater at the end who, you know, his head fills up most of the background. Um, yeah, yeah. but I, um, yeah, I, I, you say this is short. I think mm-hmm. it equates to about one of the islands from the main game. Like a, the main game had a few yeah. islands you would, you would go to. And it's like, it's, it's really as short as, as you are skilled, right? Cause yeah. some of these bosses are really tough if, to beat. If you played a perfect game, you could do it in under an hour, but, yes. uh, yeah. good luck. <laughs> good luck playing a perfect game. Well, cause it's, yeah, I mean, in terms of the number of bosses, there's quite a few. It's one, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. There's like 12, but a few of them are rolled into this one special mode that's sort of like a goss, a boss gauntlet mode. Right, yes, that is lorded over by this guy. The king of games greets you with pomp and much ado. To thine own gameplay true, or thus thou fate shall rule. Yes, the king of games lives in the clouds, and as you make your way through the rest of the game, you will unlock different arenas that you can... You go and, and like they're all themed around chess pieces. You start out fighting a bunch of pawns, then a knight who was also a horse, and uh, there's a creepy bishop whose head floats around the room. There's a, a rook who's an executioner, and then there's the queen. And uh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's also um, there's some hidden bosses. The angel and the devil is like yep. a hidden boss. You have to kind of solve a riddle on the island to get to, mm-hmm. and that that to me was one of the harder fights uh yeah there's there's some classic cuphead fights in this dlc though for sure and it's like it it's very inexpensive right like it was only a five or a ten dollar dlc i'm trying to remember it wasn't wasn't that much i want to say i paid like 13 for it Mm, maybe but still i mean it's a lot of a lot of bang for your buck with this Mm -hmm. dlc and i just kind of want to support the studio what is it studio mdhr i think is something like that yeah 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just want to support everything they're doing because everything here is so handcrafted. Okay, I guess it's normally eight bucks. Okay. There you go. For the that's not that's not terrible no, for for this good. amount of content. Yeah. Yeah, really, I really thought about getting limited. Is it limited in games or I am eight? But I forget. But they released a physical edition with the DLC on it and some oh, exclusive neat. physical goodies. Uh, just because I fucking love this game so much, and I never not want to have access to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a real, it's it's real cool, and it's like kind of like if you own Cuphead, I would say this is a must buy. Like mm-hmm. if, yeah. if you want to get back into that world, it does take a little while. I, I will be honest that it had been two or three years oh, yeah. at least since I played Cuphead, and like mm-hmm. trying to get the rhythm down. But the the new character, Miss Chalice, um, she's I hesitate to say she's sort of easy mode for some of the bosses, a little bit, like yeah. She has that roll that has invincibility frames as well as the dash, and so there are there are some definitely some corners I found where you could just sit there and roll in a corner and not really have to worry about the actual fight. Um, but you know, it's still a valid strategy for those fights. So yeah, I'd say go for it. All right. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic value, but um, in terms of our number one, I know there's only one game that you guys are truly fans enough of to to make this coveted slot yeah your best pal is a dog or a palamute if you will in which (laughs) (laughs) monster hunter rise sunbreak sunbreak where where you get to go to the land of Elgato and I guess capture some video. <laughs> right? I was going to say, you're going to stream some wow. shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it really is called that. It's not, yeah. it's not a joke. Oh. Yeah. Elgato with a D, like the final fight character, not like the cat in mm-hmm. Spanish. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, so tell me about this, Monster Hunter nerds. Uh, 17 new monsters. I think that's the biggest deal. Mm, uh, yeah, because learning, yeah, learning new monsters, defending yourself against new monsters is the and master rank too would probably new, be yeah, that. new rank. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can bring NPCs into battle with you to help yeah. you out in single player. Um, I liked those quests. I thought they were pretty well done. I wasn't sure about them at first, but I thought they were pretty good. Uh, what what is it called? The the silk silk bind silk skill. Bind, yeah. mm-hmm. You can swap your silk bind skills, uh, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Like mid fight, there's a special dodge even for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this I that was one of my the most fun additions to Rise was those silk bind skills. Like I I use the heavy gunner, and so mine would literally just kind of plant me on the ground, and if a monster hit me at all, it it immediately built up this ultra powerful shot that you would just blast in their face. Um, mm-hmm. So. I don't see a reason to switch, but it is nice to know I can switch to a new ability mid-fight. So, ironically, I play Switch Axe, and I hardly ever use it to switch my abilities. So, mm. there you go. Uh, one Still thing worthwhile, I, though. <laughs> yes. One thing I found interesting as a Monster Hunter noob who hasn't really played this is that they switch narrators on you depending which land you're in. So the game, the Sunbreak, starts off in Kamura, the the country where. Monster Hunter Rise takes place, heavily inspired by Japan, and mm-hmm. you, the first new monster that appears gets the traditional narrator. Be calm. There's no need to cry or moan. It's just some old weather-beaten bone. Yet not all is what it seems, for below this giant skull 
fights a devious monster waiting for some prey to go. That is the intro cutscene for the Daimyo Hermitar, a giant crab monster that uh, <laughs> it's it shows like a giant triceratops skull mm-hmm. or something. And uh, but then you get into Elgato, and, and there's a new voice for the monsters. What seems an easy target is a serpent on a leash, reeled in at its mistress's command. They close in, cling on, subdue, restrain. Until they engulf their prey in flames. That's not intimidating at all. It's really interesting hearing the English because mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm a purist and i play with the monster hunter ah, language uh option so i haven't i haven't heard uh, all the different intros in english i didn't know that are was they, an option i definitely would have turned it off <laughs> are oh, they yeah. different voices in japanese or uh in japanese yeah and then like you can have them speak the monster hunter language which is like the oh. simlish of the universe too oh wow um, okay and i i opted for that i did that in world as well because yeah i just i've been playing the series since the gen one on psp it's yeah it's weird being on a podcast where y'all are even talking about it (laughs) when i grew up hearing you guys be like god what is this what is (laughs) this this is the worst i don't get it well i I remember like the ps2 original i thought was okay and then like trying to play it on psp i just remember the load times between areas were so bad oh yeah it just like i can't play this and and that just kind of soured me on the whole franchise to the point where it now even now it's just like yeah i guess it's fun but it still doesn't click with me yeah but like learning how to play it with the claw was really good for like <laughs> i don't know my dating life yeah. and stuff so <laughs> <laughs> well i think i think what happened was you know chris you you made a friend at capcom who taught you how to actually play yeah well yes but i actually like made it a point to dive yeah i want like i've always wanted to know it and like We'd been yeah. to Monster Hunter events where Cap- Capcom would, like, frame it as a university. Like, we're going to teach you how to play this game, not, like, a typical, like, preview run-through. You need to have someone show you what's up. Not like mm-hmm. a games journalist. Play it like a gamer. <laughs> but it is different. <laughs> it is a shame with a fucking, like, pamphlet on how to play it, which is not something that happened mm. in a typical... The previews don't even happen anymore. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's mm. not. it wasn't like a typical preview because it's a tough game to convey the beauty of. And the guy, like, I sat down with my friend Yuri, and he's just like, we're going we're gonna to build you a bear offset. Like, so let's start with that. And like, what? And that it just everything clicked by just okay. This is what you do. This is what the game is like. It was amazing, and I, I really love that he did that for me. Yeah, it's weird. Like this series. I'm, well, so Sunbreak is the first one that I didn't put like a hundred hours mm-hmm. into. Uh, there was just too many other things that came out this year mm-hmm. that I wasn't. I think I did like sixty hours for Sunbreak, which feels like like chump numbers mm-hmm. to me. But um, the thing about the series is, you know, people have like they always go back to world of Warcraft or they'll go back to like a lot of people for destiny is destiny two now, but mm-hmm. that's what monster hunter is for me. So I don't know, like this is even on, like I just put it on my top games of the year, even though it's a I, DLC. I devoured like, it so thoroughly that I almost forgot yeah. I played it because it's not that there wasn't a lot of new content. I just played 
so fairly completely it only took me like an hour or two to like get to the dlc because there was that aspect of it matt and sure. I, like what we gotta you gotta fulfill certain requirements to open up the dlc even though you just paid right. for it yeah uh but 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 it's Monster Hunter, so it's kind of like casuals need not apply anyway. Like so, yeah. And, and, my, and my cheat is, <laughs> or you can get carried, my cheat you know? is, is yeah. You like I'm playing with experienced players all over the world. I'm always bringing in randos into my game. Monster Hunter is a, the yeah. only ideal experience like that, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't. You, there doesn't need to be mic chatter for some reason. It just works. Everybody seems to know what they're doing. They know how to heal you, help you, uh, help a- everyone succeeding. Succeeding is everyone succeeding. So Monster Hunter players are very kind by nature. Uh, and, totally. and so, like, I never played it alone and kind of swept through bosses I had no business fighting. So I, I'm just putting that out there because, like, I, I played this in almost two or three sittings. Like, just ate it oh, really? so wow. hard. <laughs> like, yum, 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 yum. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I really wish I had dug more into, like, the, the like, the quote-unquote post-game yeah. grind where they're not called anomaly monsters that's from pokemon i'm trying to remember what they're Shit, called G-rank, I, can't I don't remember either um, yeah yeah it's it's once you get you beat the end boss and you uh, there's like you do more investigations mm-hmm. and stuff do you mean um, the three lords is, like the three ultra powerful no no no, no, no. so like yeah. i mean that's another thing about this dlc that i really like is just the theming is so unique for monster hunter like there's been castles and and like sort of european inspired fantasy here and there but mm-hmm. the fact that the three monsters are based off of Dracula, the werewolf, and um, Frankenstein, mm-hmm. like those are the three like flagship monsters for the DLC. That's a really mm-hmm. neat idea. You've never really had yeah. that before. So um, you might yeah, say they're the cool. original Avengers. I would. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I know it's really a cool. Sort I of just... monster squad. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was neat. It was neat that uh, a series that I've been playing uh, so long had something novel and new to offer. I really like mm-hmm. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. with you, cool. with you, hundred percent. And, and like, uh, God, I hope there's more because, like, I don't know what it was about Sunbreak. I think it was just the expedience of the experience, whereas World was still like this clunky monster hunter figuring itself out in the modern world. This this map you had to like take elevators to and from shit. Yeah, I mean, like, I I still think I like world better in some instances. Like I do, I liked the you know tracking the monsters and researching them, and I think Iceborne might be still to me like peak Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the stuff that they did for especially for it being a Switch first game. I mean, now it's coming to everything, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it would, there's so many smart design choices getting you into fights faster, and some break makes that even more seamless. Um, so yeah, I, I hope a lot of this stuff does come to whatever you know the the PS5 and Xbox Series X World Two, it's, whatever that ends up being. In this um, day and age, it's fairly bizarre that it did not. But I'm guessing it's always been kind of a deal with Nintendo. They fuck around with the highest selling platform, and then Nintendo throws them a shitload of money. And well, I mean, well, it is well, coming, they, they, it is, it is coming to the others. It's though, coming to yeah. PlayStation Five and oh, okay, thank God, too. And it's yeah. it's on PC Game Pass, I think, right now. Oh, neat. Yeah, yeah. and which so yeah, I just hope a lot of this stuff does make it into the next the next. Which generation. is weird because it doesn't look as good as World. <laughs> so, no. like, I wonder what mm. fans are going to think about that on PC and uh, PS Five. Uh, well, it's, it's been on PC forever, yeah. and it, they, yeah. so far they've thought it was fine. It's just I yeah, think it, it plays so well that yeah, people yeah, don't yeah. care. Difficult yeah. to complain. 
And I mean, it looked it looked great on Switch too. So yeah, and plus, there's like there's still there's that charm of you know older Monster Hunter games that world drop that Rise brings back a little bit that mm-hmm. likes kind of janky and a little bit mm-hmm. like eh, yeah, it looks like an older handheld game. Okay, cool. Like, yeah, which I never noticed because I mostly played this in handheld mode on the Switch, and so it's like at, at mm-hmm. on that screen. I don't notice bad resolution or anything yeah, no, like that. It's right. totally fine, you know? Yeah, on the big screen, I, I thought it looked great. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, and 60 yeah. frames, that that really wasn't always a Nintendo Hallmark, you know? That, and that's the most important thing, I think, for, mm-hmm. for Monster Hunter is, like, yeah, getting all those frames for those fights because you, you need them to, for, to dodge those attacks, yeah. etc. Yeah. All right, well, that has been our top five DLC of 2022. I should say this is, I think, our last regular show of 2022. Next two weeks, we're going to be devoting to our Game of the Year countdown. Mm. Uh, spread out over two weeks, and, uh, you know, those shows are always beasts, so it's mostly just going to be discussions of the our favorite games of the year. So uh, in the meantime... Until then, we still got a second segment for this show to get through, so uh, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some high on life, some Crisis Core, some some news. We had you know the Game Awards last week we still haven't addressed, and uh, some other stuff, so stay tuned. It's a delicious last course. Oh, the delicious last course. One can eat their fill and still stay until the delicious last course. Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Yeah, I'm talking about the Wii U, a system I bought two weeks before the Switch was announced. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I should have saved that because I'm dying to talk about this. This is a bonus show of which we have no name because it's not bonus time. It's 30, 20, 10 adjacent, but I don't know what kind of theme song it deserves. But more importantly, uh, a round of digital applause for Steve Guntley. Half of the We Universe podcast. We Universe. Hello. I, I've never heard weenus in that before until now. Now I'm smiling. Uh, oh, no, I haven't either. Damn yeah, we're, we're, here to, we're here to... Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our second segment where we're just going to go straight into that segment that we all love to introduce without delay. It's, of course... Uh, high on life. Hey, you guys like Rick and Morty? You like Justin Roiland? You like oh, hey. uh, the, the comic <laughs> stylings of a variety of actors? Brendan is shaking his head. <laughs> you guys just called me out. I was just—I was going to keep that private. That's all right. That's all right. I had—I had to say it because because that that is a huge hang-up for the game. Um, I mean, if you don't like their style of humor, you shouldn't play this game. Yeah. Like it's. Um, I will say, I think I've played all of Squanch. Uh, 
uh, Squanch Games' offerings to date, yes. Trover yeah. Saves the Universe and uh, Accounting Plus. And, Do you play uh, the virtual Rick Sanity or the... A, a little bit. I think that was pre-Squanch. It's barely a game. Yeah. Um, but this is, I think, easily the best Squanch yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, throw, it, because throw, it's like, a real game. Yeah, yes. it's it, it, it just, it kind of put me in awe of like, is this what a budget title is today? Like, because how much is this game? Uh, part of Game Pass. So yeah, I know, yeah, I know. None <laughs> of us paid for it. <laughs> it there's no, there's no, no cost of entry other than your which is which is honestly that's the price. That is the price. That is what Microsoft's counting on. That's what Squanch is counting on. The price is Game Pass to, mm-hmm. to get access to this game, and that's all you need to know. Um, it's fun. I, I am, am really enjoying it. You know, I am a big fan of Rick and Morty and Justin Roiland's As humor in general, but, uh, yeah, I have heard people complain like, ah, it's annoying to hear his voice. I hate it coming out of the gun constantly. And the gun's always talking. Um, I did see there, there is a point where the gun starts complaining about repetitive, unimaginative game design. And it's like, well, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. This, this is funny, but. It's also the Matt Hazard thing where, like, if you're doing <laughs> you're the doing thing this. you're criticizing, you're still doing it. Yeah. It's like a boring warehouse is still a boring warehouse, even if you make fun of it. But it, it works in this game because – so where Matt Hazard fell flat was it just wasn't funny mm. and wasn't done well. It, like, it this had game, its moments, but yeah. This game is really funny. Like, I am – it's weird. I'm like – struggling to play the game because I just want to sit there and like watch the in-game TV and mm-hmm. and listen to banter between the NPCs because yeah. like it's the genuinely funny. The in-game TV, funny. by the way, has a full 90-minute movie on it. A real uh, movie. 1994 is Tammy and the T-Rex. Unbelievable. Okay, you know what? Yeah, despite the fact that I was shaking my head mm-hmm. at the beginning and, and Chris totally called me out for it, <laughs> I saw that and I was like, okay, you know, if they're going to dig up one of Paul Walker's most yeah. – Infamous mm-hmm. and uh, underground best movies. Denise Richards movie ever, and her best ending. That movie is fucking insane. Mm. Starship Troopers, best. Starship is her Troopers, best movie and ever. Wild Wild Thing. She's been in a ton of great stuff. Mm. Uh, but 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 yeah, I, I was more baffled by like I, this doesn't feel like a full priced game, but it's also like beautiful. And mm. yeah, so, it's, it looks really good. Yeah, it, it, it's not it's not reinventing the wheel and. In terms of pacing, like you guys know how I am with story and cutscenes, it really does sometimes like force you to listen to dialogue. But I am a huge Royland Rick and Morty Solar Opposites fan. And I should say Solar mm-hmm. Opposites because it's like there's a lot of the same voice cast in here. There's yeah. the, you can hear the yeah. cast of Smiling Friends, and uh, I think Michael and I both love Smiling Friends. Yes, um, yes. and uh, that's on HBO Max. But uh, yeah, you can hear and, and, Ryan Ridgely. If you're a big Rick and Morty fan, he was a writer on Rick and Morty, and he was all over the first couple seasons, but he's not featured as a voice in any of the last couple seasons, because I guess he left the show. Hmm. But, like, he's in he's in the game. I couldn't tell. Is, is Dan Harmon in here? Like, I, I thought know. I heard Harmon's I meant to look voice, it up, because, right? like, he's not in Solar Opposites, which makes me think, are they fighting? Are, <laughs> oh, no. are they fighting? It's his voice in a lot of times, and I'm like, that has to be he's Dan Harmon. the majority of voices in Rick and Morty like. nowadays. He really is. 
I um so I looked this up by the way, and yes, the price of this game is Game Pass because it is only on Xbox and PC. Mm-hmm. If it's you not wanted on PS5? to, wow, it's not. No, if you wanted to buy it on PC, like on Steam, it's sixty dollars. Oh shit! Okay, it's so it is on, on Xbox. Game. Yeah, no, that's not full price. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, yeah, on yeah. Xbox for now, it is full price. <laughs> Next year, seventy dollars will be full price. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. But as in ter- as ter- as far as a freebie goes, I am kind of always in the mood for like a mindless shooter. That I and the only the only thing I don't like about this is what I also love about it is that I can't really listen to podcasts because the dialogue is crucial to your enjoyment of the game. It's, and so it's far, it's nonstop, like yeah, very yeah, well yeah. written and very funny. So how mindless of a shooter is it? Because I was looking at some gameplay footage and it looked a lot like there was some. Bioshock Isn't that nuts? Infinite like, elements? The, like the thing like, that Bioshock Infinite hung its hat on like 10 years ago is just thrown in this fucking Justin Roiland game. The, oh, the, 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 the grapple the nice shot. grapple ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not completely mindless, but in terms of the shooting, like it's not a cover shooter or anything like that. There's, they give you yeah. a dodge ability you have to buy for your suit. And yeah. It's, you know. But like, you know, just playing the early game, like, uh, nothing is really doing a good job of killing me. I can soak up a ton of damage. And so a lot of the fights are just me running around shooting wildly and then running up and stabbing dudes. And you, and your knife can uh, deflect yeah. certain projectiles. Yeah, yeah. Um, certain projectiles. And then you you want to okay. stab dudes because the knife is very enthusiastic about killing people, mm-hmm. really loves killing Th- There's yeah. a point where it, like, it really wants to stab one of your friends and it's just like, no, stab me, stab him with me. Just do it, just do it. And like the UI has a prompt to do it. And then like you stab him and it's like, ah, you don't have to do everything the UI tells you to. What the <laughs> fuck? There's a, there's a ton of yeah. shit like that in the game that is like both ham-fisted but like we play enough games where like i'm glad someone's saying it it's still kind of funny yeah and mm-hmm. it, well like there's i think they showed this before the game came out there's this whole thing of like killing a kid in pc which yeah. you get an achievement for oh i didn't know so i didn't do it and his, i should go back and i do didn't it, yeah. do it and his mother encouraged me to that's what <laughs> that's one of the, <laughs> she said thank you for not killing my son but he's really annoying and i'd really like to have one less annoying family member so i guess you can, yeah, kill you can him totally kill i will him. try to stop you i did it and she's like doesn't blame you she just goes yeah i mean i, I warned him like if he's just going to stand up there in that tunnel and call everyone who walks by fresh meat eventually someone's going to get him <laughs> yeah it's, it's, is that a diablo reference it's just that's a video game thing like hey it's fresh meat here comes fresh yeah, but meat like, i mean diablo one is what started that whole thing with like ooh, it's a shawshank meat. redemption <laughs> reference no that was fresh yeah i, thought I was, was going to say it's more, more of a prison reference yeah. probably, uh, but, uh, but it, yeah i'm sort of surprised as a game I didn't pay any additional cost for, like it's hard to complain about. It's it's I, I don't think it would ever make its money back in in a traditional retail world because this isn't going to be for everybody. But it's fucking interesting, and it, it it's not as slipshod as I thought it was going. to... You know, I wanted to give I, I didn't give credit to Need for Speed Unbound uh, last week or the two weeks ago. Man. I hate fucking cutscenes. So my impression of playing Need for Speed Unbound, like, yo, we're about to set it. Skip. And then, like, at the skip screen, it says, this is what they were saying in the dialogue in two sentences. So so you don't have to watch it all. This forces you to watch every dialogue sequence. It's a bit of a bummer. Yeah, you can't even skip lines in the open, in the world. Like, when you go up to an NPC, you just, which... Is like to be fair to them, like the performances are yeah. pretty funny and good. Yeah. We're skipping the lines you but would I'm, miss. I'm the talking, joke. I'm talking. There are to... also bits where like your gun is just like running its mouth, and then you do the thing that it's trying to encourage you to do, and it shuts up immediately. it'll step on its own. Brendan, lines, yeah. you can shut off uh, the dialogue 
or you it, it's adjustable. Uh, yeah, right. You can yeah. you can adjust the frequency with which your weapons talk. Yeah. You can adjust that uh, pretty easily. And the, yeah, but even like talking to NPCs, like this is still Andy Daly. Crumbopulous Michael is telling me about my mission to be an alien bounty hunter. I'm a big Rick and Morty mm-hmm. fan, big Andy Daly fan. I'm very happy with yeah. this. Yeah. And I love just hanging out in the pawn shop and listening to uh, Mary Mack from Solar Opposites, who plays Jesse, and Rich Fulcher, who is on like the Mighty Boosh yeah. and a bunch of other things, playing a, a father and daughter who run the pawn shop. The pawn shop owner is a hoarder. 90% of the things on display are actually not for sale, and he will give you an explanation of why he wants to keep it. Uh, yeah. And yeah, they... His his daughter just fucking hates him and like is like, hey dipshit, you know my dad won a won an award for having the smallest penis in the world in space. <laughs> and then he's like, no, I'm I'm proud of that award. Yeah. <laughs> they had to invent a new kind of microscope just to think, see how small it was and verify. Yeah, if you're not a, not a fan of like the smiling friends, mm-hmm. Justin Roiland style of humor. It is a lot of like you you you. Which one of us do you find more attractive? <laughs> uh, 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 it's okay if you don't say. That's how you get through a gate. You have to. Like a dialogue sequence telling two aliens which one you find. They're, not, more they're barely aliens. They're just like posts with faces. Yeah, it's, they're posts. And and you could tell like with the dialogue, they never record a second take. Like yeah. everything is very first take. It's just like stumbling, stuttering. It is. It is uh, that's part of the brand. Honestly, it is bizarrely refreshing. And when Michael brought up something like Matt Hazard, like this immaculately well rehearsed humor, like it just all fell flat. And like. The tone of Solar Opposites, Smiling Friends, and Rick and Morty is preserved very well in the game. Yeah. That said, if that's not your thing, you're going to hate it. Mm-hmm. You're, <laughs> you might hate it or, or turn the dialogue off. And I, I don't know how innovative the gameplay is, but it's that's not really the point. Well, I, I would say it's probably not a good enough shooter to make for a good experience if you don't like the humor. Yeah, like, there you it's, go. It's a very good shooter, but if you hate the banter, you're probably going to hate the yeah, experience. you hate the banter and you turn yeah. it off, like, there's kind of no point to playing the game. And I love and I mean, the humor, and I'm hating the fact that it it's making me experience the shit that I normally skip in video games, like lines of dialogue or like reading, reading item descriptions. Cause there's some funny jokes in there. Like that's the kind of shit I normally just gloss over in like every game. And it's like, okay, I hate you game because you're making me laugh with all this shit. And I have to read all this stuff. Right, and just walk. That's kind of how I feel about the South Park RPGs. Like, mm, okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, Maybe a little bit, but it's, it's, <laughs> I, I was not even paying attention. I'm walking around and like the, President Chancellor is speaking out of the loudspeaker, and he's just like, in a, and they've fallen victim to our plague of horny geriatrics. And, and like, horny can I go back and listen yeah. to whatever the fuck he's talking about? Like, yeah, oh yeah, t- talking about that there was a drug that was supposed to be a libido suppressant for the elderly population, but instead it backfired, <laughs> and now they're super horny. Doesn't he call it like space amphetamine or some shit? It's like something, everything's like yeah, space every, everything something. is yeah space noun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and um, the gat—he's a gatling, uh, the a the gatlian, gun, and the gatlian. gatlian he, he takes gatterall <laughs> to yeah. hype himself yes. up yeah. and reload for his um, for his ultra power, which is like shooting this goo. It's really cool. The environment. Is it cool? Yeah. And then you get you get other guns later on, but I haven't gotten to. But I've seen in the the previews. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sort of baffled neat. by how long a game this is because you know 
feels like the turnaround was fairly quick. It was announced like a couple months ago, and mm. now it's here for all of us to play. And wasn't, it, wasn't it like announced at last year's Game Awards, I think? Was it? I okay, think maybe that was been. it. Yeah. Might have been. Time. Uh, I, I mean, it's one of those games that's going to be longer for me just because I want to. I'll be sitting around to see all the jokes and, and yeah. hear all that mm-hmm. shit. So yeah. What was the the caption that I sent you guys? Like, uh, there's you know, in the alien pawn shop, there's a set of two katanas, and it's like hanging this on your wall makes a powerful statement. The statement is, I think getting laid sucks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe this game. Yeah, but the, yeah, <laughs> like like Pretty good. Uh, Michael and I back in the day, we were just obsessed with making fun of these. Like, there were a few games that were marketed as be- were the funny games, and they were excruciating, excruciating, mm-hmm. because they're made by AAA publishers trying to be funny, but they don't honey- hire funny people. And this is from a guy we've hung around with and like really fucking likes games he, he was in your house i still can't get over yes. that justin roiland was in your house yeah yeah it's, it's still a sort of a surreal experience yeah and he is a fucking whirlwind i love that mm-hmm. dan Harmon says he has figured out how to weaponize adhd because um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like uh that he was focused enough to bring all his friends in and make a game like this is kind of impressive uh and again drama are dan Harmon and justin Roiland fighting they keep making things alone this is this this would have been a perfect rick and morty shooter i mean i assume that most creative duos are fighting a lot um yeah in their yeah. case probably probably a lot more dan Harmon fights with a lot of people yeah. honestly but he also you works this reminds me of it it doesn't have the the gun loot mechanic but it's like what if borderlands was actually funny yeah there you go <laughs> there, there's a vibe to this but a little bit of outer worlds a little bit of borderlands but really funny yeah they always so. and again no offense to our our wonderful voice actors but yeah some of them aren't always the funniest people in the world and don't don't get jokes on the page and these guys are clearly riffing and fucking around and know what they're in Mm-hmm. I, I love that clip we played of this, this Lego Star Wars where, like, it was clear the guy reading the dialogue didn't understand the crazy taxi reference. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm right. going to make some crazy yeah, money. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, uh, it's like the perfect example of, like, that guy's <laughs> totally talented, but, like, he doesn't know what reference he's making. So right. let people go in there and riff. And and could he do it if he did know? Because, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> Also out this week, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Um, I played a bit of this. Did you have you touched it at all, Brendan? Oh yeah, uh, Square Enix sent me a code like a month ago. Oh, okay. so of course, I've, yeah, it definitely uh, seems in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, so did you play I, the original I mean, I, Brendan back in the day? I did. Or? Okay. Yep. One of the only two games in the world that has ever made me ball my eyes out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just you know, it's it's so, uh, anime. Do, do they? The bullshit, other was Tetris. But, I don't know why. It's weird, right? <laughs> it, well, I just it was a really close game, what? Matt. It was a really <laughs> close game. Um, Tetris Effect actually can make you cry. But uh, is it? it, it yeah. They're not doing anything crazy like Final Fantasy remake. It is a straightforward. Yeah, that that's it's like one thing I wanted to say right yeah, off yeah. the bat. So it's in between, right? Really? It's it is a remaster, but it is quite the remaster. Mm. Like they remade all of the. Uh, character models and textures. It looks like a PS5 game. Well, it looks like a PS4 game. It looks like um, the, the the Seven Remake engine. But, but I think me, what it's, what Chris is asking is, it doesn't go off the rails yeah, the way the Final Fantasy Seven Remake to... does. 
like the story. No. The story like, well, that was actually something that I was a little bit disappointed in, is I was hoping for a little bit of a taste because um, I won't spoil anything about Final Fantasy VII remake, mm. but just in the Final Fantasy VII mythos in general, yeah. Zack is a really pivotal yeah. role, and especially it seems like in the Final Fantasy VII remake stuff. And none of that well, it is kind, explored, it kind of can't at it, least it, it, as far it can't as I've seen. Be changed or remake wouldn't work, right? So, well, so what's interesting is that um, they hired like entirely new voice actors wow. to match the voice actors in the uh, the remake. Oh, wow. The menus are exactly the menus that you see in remake. Uh, the combat system's been completely revamped. It's still like the same action heavy combat from Crisis Core, but um, instead of so the original you had to they put the ability to block and dodge on like a menu that you <laughs> held down L1 and then like you don't have to do that in this one you just you can just block and dodge and you can pull off combos they added um, everything what about is your really precious claw grip you're gonna lose those muscles <laughs> well I mean hey look like I still bust out the PSP once in a while I mean how am I gonna play Armored Core 3 um, oh, I can't wait yeah, for the my, my reaction to the combat was like this is just really exuberant and joyful like this is just really yeah. fun hack and slash yeah it was it was playable was what i would say of the original mm-hmm. and this is actually good yeah like this is fun um the first half of the story is some real cringe anime shit mm-hmm. um <laughs> And the second half is like, that's where all like the meaty, like Final Fantasy seven, uh, like mythology really comes into play. And that, that stuff's great. Um, I don't know. There are a couple moments I will, I will say that where the, the graphical enhancements actually clash with the original hmm. stuff in there because they did not change the animations no like, dudes still like pivot like to go walk <laughs> yeah, through the door it's real stuff. weird and like there's a couple scenes like where the lighting is all really nice and then like they'll pan over to sephiroth and he's all shiny and looks plastic it's like eh, it's a little there's just a little bit weird there that wasn't quite there but in terms of like like the upgrades overall, it's excellent. And I think anyone who likes Crisis Core is going to love this. And anyone who's curious about Crisis Core, just play this one. Don't, you don't go yeah. to the PSP. I think there's some things about the original that are still kind of charming, but just in terms of just overall quality, this one's way better. I have a really odd question. Uh, mm. Loved Final Fantasy VII Remake, one of my favorite games of that year. Yeah. I've never played Final Fantasy VII. Really? So here's. Here's the interesting thing. I, before Final Fantasy VII Remake, I was notoriously a Final Fantasy VII naysayer. I was like, the setting's cool, great music, the gameplay's just not that great. But after Final Fantasy VII Remake, it like elevated mm-hmm. the original in my mind, and I went back to it on Switch um, like the summer after Remake came out, and I just devoured it in like a week. And now I think it's better i don't think it's like the best final fantasy but i think it's way better and in terms of just like like i said like the mythology Mm -hmm. of that world like it's one of the coolest final fantasy Uh, because of what happened in Uh, in remake i am i am in like i i i've never read that much about a game story after i was done with the game yeah you should i mean it's worth checking out the original for sure and there are ways to play it nowadays with like 
mods on right. PC and whatnot that add a little bit more depth to the gameplay. But if you just want the story, like pick up the most recent remastered right. version that is on mm-hmm. like everything, and you can you can skip the battles. Is that, is that, just, is that a, yeah, those versions have like one hit, one hit kills. But is that a, is that yeah. a, is that important and, to the experience of Crisis Core? Because I that was a game I I kind of thought when remake when I was on remake. I, well, I'll never be able to experience Crisis Core, and it looks like it's going to be important I, in the next. I think one. I think Crisis Core is. One of those few like ancillary or prequel type games that is actually worth like investigating. Yeah. Um, because like if you played the original, Zach's in it at, for like a couple cutscenes at the end, and his his the role that he plays is so big for how small amount of a screen time that he has. It's all and it's he, flashbacks, right? It's all it's yeah, all clouds it's, flashbacks. He's he's like. I don't want to oversell it, but he's like one of the, if not the most important character to that game's storyline. And you see him for like, yeah, like maybe like five or 10 minutes total of screen time. And then crisis core gives him all of that backstory. And, uh, it's pretty good. Mm. So do, do play it without playing final fantasy seven or don't. Um, I think, I mean, you could do, if you understand, the story and like the the importance yeah. of Zach, then you could probably just play this. I, I like I just so. the yeah. sheer. It's beyond novelty. I just I never thought this would happen. I never thought we'd be able to play this game. Yeah, again. I, I think I think it's worth it. And in fact, I think that's why they did this. I think they probably banked on the fact that okay, people are going to play Final Fantasy VII remake. They're going to be stoked for the next one. They're they're not going to know who Zach is for whatever yep. reason, and they're going to want that in there. And yeah, so because um, the, the way they described it is that like. Final Fantasy VII is a five-part saga, and th- and and shit. What Advent Children is one of those pieces, but Crisis Core is too, and was completely inaccessible, and and that was sort of a bummer for me. What about hmm. Dirge of Cerberus? Hmm. Well, so here's the interesting thing: is there's going to be another way to experience all of these stories, and yeah. it's that mobile remake that's mm-hmm. coming out soon. That's going to have. The first soldier story, Dirge of Cerberus, uh, what? Advent Children, um, all this stuff. It's called Ever Crisis. It's basically Final Fantasy VII, like a remake of Final Fantasy VII and all of the compilation of Final Fantasy VII storylines mm-hmm. in like a, it looks more like the PlayStation 1 game, but with better models and, On the and better textures. On the perfect platform for it. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Is, is that like how they did the 15 mobile version that was just basically... Yeah. A, yeah, yeah. A, a more, you know, a little bit... looks a little bit better, and I think it's more um, authentic to the original game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have a theory about why they did this game. Because I think what you were hinting at, Brendan, is you were hoping this would twist the story of the original Crisis Core to... To, to feed back into 7 Remake, but I think That's it's kind of what I was hoping for, too. But here, here's why I think they didn't do it, is in order to really appreciate 7 Remake, yeah. I think you do need to at least know the events of the original 7 yes, that's, that so story that needs you to understand remain how they're twisting it. So with this, yeah. like they're, they're making sure people play this so that hopefully Episode 2 of 7 Remake, if it touches upon... The Zack storyline and stuff is like you'll you will now have the comparison like yeah this is how the original told that story so that you know how they're tweaking it yeah. for mm-hmm. that remake part yeah. two and, that, and like to guess. be clear like I wasn't looking for stuff like what happened with Final Fantasy VII remake where they expanded on a lot of stuff they kind of played with a lot of the ideas uh, in interesting ways I was curious if there was going to be 
you know, some extra lines of dialogue or maybe an, a mm-hmm. couple extra after credit sequences that kind of hint at that stuff. And um, as far as what I've seen and as far as what I know that doesn't exist, I could have, you know, I, there could be something I haven't seen yet. Who knows? Um, but yeah, no, I, I, but I also think it's worth kind of, I don't think it's necessarily a spoiler to say that doesn't, that's not there and to like set expectations with what this is. Like it's just crisis core guys. I did. I it didn't, looks better. I didn't it plays want better, it, but it's crisis. Core. I can say this, I think without spoiling remake, uh, the events have to stay the same. Otherwise what happens in remake isn't important. Exactly. But, and that's what I mean is like, I wasn't looking for like huge differences. I just was one, I was curious yeah, and, yeah. and that was part of what got me through there. But really it's just, it's a, it's a good game. It's still the, the slot roulette thing for like leveling up and doing like certain abilities is a little bit weird, but it's fine. I'm glad it's, it happened. I'm glad. I'm really glad yeah. it happened. Yeah, me too. Uh, little Gator game is Dude. another game that just came out. Have you played it at all, Chris? No, but you sent me the trailer and it just looked like, it looked like it had the derpiness of like Goat Simulator if it you mixed it with a competent platformer. Well, what it, what it is is so you know everybody knows the story I think behind the original Legend of Zelda that it was based on Miyamoto's own fond childhood memories of playing in this rural wilderness in these mountains around his home. Mm-hmm. Uh little Gator game is like what if there were a Zelda game about that? That it's about a, a boy pretending, like just playing pretend and pretending to be Link from Zelda. Like he, you know, t- keeps talking about how, how much he and his big sister love the, uh, Legend of the Hero games, but like it's very clear okay. they're talking about Zelda. He's like, Oh, you need a, a floppy pointy cap to be a hero. And, and so yeah. the, the idea is that, um, it begins with, you know, these kids playing together and like trying to invent their own Legend of Zelda game, Legend of Not Zelda game while they're waiting for the next one to come out. And, uh, then fast forward and the older sister has gone away to college and she's back on vacation and she's got her nose buried in a group project. And the boy is still young enough that it's like, Oh, I want to play. Let's play outside. And like, so he and his friends have like set up this big, uh, elaborate adventure with all like these cardboard monsters and stuff. And, uh, he's like trying to get her attention. Like, come on, let's play the game. And she, she's ignoring him. So he's like, I bet if I played the game and, and sent her pictures of it, she'd get interested. And so, yeah, it's like you're, you're running around this little island. You're smashing cardboard monsters. You're doing pretend quests. You're, you're buying a bracelet from a monkey so that you can climb. And it brings in like some Breath of the Wild mechanics with the stamina based climbing and the glider that you can use to get around. Okay. And, but it, but it looks like, did you mention it has basically Wind Waker graphics? Like yeah. it's, it's a Wind Waker. And you are really selling me on this game right yeah. now. This sounds awesome. I might get <laughs> wind, this right Wind waker and, and yeah, it's like, you know, the main character is a little alligator. It, it's nominally a furry ish game, funny animals. All your friends are animals. And, and yeah, uh, little twist spoiler for the first act. Uh, you fail to get her interested in the first island, but then you find out that like, oh, the, the other friend that you asked to help and never showed up actually went, thought you meant to meet him on the bigger island. And so he got a bunch of people to build a much bigger adventure over there. And like, okay, now uh-huh. we've finished with the prologue island. It's time to go over there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty neat, but, but I, yeah, I just great. really liked that idea of Zelda 
but it's about a kid's game of pretend, a very big, elaborate one, but still, like, you know, there's no real monsters. It looks there's hilarious no real violence. to, like, it is. play through, yeah. It's, it's super cute. And uh, As someone who did that exact stuff yeah. growing up, this sounds awesome. Yeah, it is. Back before what, what it was called LARPing. Awesome. Yeah. This yeah. is yeah. a furry exactly. LARPing yeah. game. Basically, Basically. Yeah. <laughs> furry LARPing game. But the characters are kids, so and he's so okay. scaly. Come on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's a scaly. Uh, Witcher Three Wild Hunt came to next gen. Uh, yep. You can pet the horse now. That's one of the things they added with the update. Thank God. But why would you? He doesn't even bother naming them anything other than Roach because he views them as tools. They're mm-hmm. not like faithful steeds or companions to him. I mean, all anyway. roaches are faithful companions. Come on. Ah, come on. I've got thoughts. But no, I, uh, <laughs> I, by the way, I, I did hear that this this upgrade messes up the PC version, so you may want to avoid... Really? Uh, yeah, you may want to avoid going after that. But if you haven't played these and you have a current-gen system, PS5, Xbox Series X, mm-hmm. um, man, you should play these games because they fucking rule. And it's like 200 hours worth of content with the DLC. I read that it also adds, like, cross-saving and cross-progression, so... I'm not sure how that works because I know they previously had had it with the PC version and the Switch version. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, this feature gives players access to cross progression and cross saves. Essentially, this reading from IGN or no, from GameSpot, sorry. Essentially, this means that players will be able to access their Witcher 3 saves on different platforms from the one they initially played on. Ba, 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 ba. I'd say what this means is if you were about halfway through The Witcher 3 and never finished it and now want to finish it yeah. like the, as the best version. I am, I am partway through for. on multiple platforms. And now I have to decide, like, well, which, which save do I go with? The one that was further along or the one where I actually got the special Gwent card from the Bloody Baron? Because uh, I, I didn't have it in the one where I was further. So we'll see. Maybe this will be the time I finally pick it up and play it all the way through. I doubt it. I Me keep too. telling myself that with every new <laughs> Me version. Me too. Comes out. Maybe in a sale or something like that. This, this, were we talking about it off mic? Like, I don't remember December being this busy, uh, in terms of new releases. Yeah. Yeah. That's been yeah. pretty fucking nuts. Yeah. Like, we do 30, 2010 20, every week, and even like 10, 20 years ago, like November 12th, that's when all the big games come out, not throughout December. Holy shit. I'd say there's relatively few like major studio games, but there's like a lot of smaller games coming out that um, interest I mean, me like, as well. Didn't God of so, War yeah. come out in December? Yeah. Marvel Midnight Suns? The... No, no, Gar- that God was of War November. was November. Mm-hmm. Need for Speed? Like yeah. it was. It felt nuts. It felt nuts to me. Yeah, I mean it's 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 later than we're used yeah. to for sure. You Wasn't Midnight get Suns last week? Yeah, Midnight Suns was in December for sure. Was it last yeah. week? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so. Um, yeah. And then also River City Girls is coming out, uh, the day after we record this. Or River City Girls mm. 2, excuse me. 2. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, that looks like a lot of fun. It's Phenomenal game. Marion from Double Dragon is like a, a big buff ass kicker, so that's Phenomenal cool. Phenomenal game. Or the first one, I love River City yeah, Girls. Yeah, It's really Loved good. It too. Looking forward to the second one. Yeah. If you like the Scott Pilgrim games, it's mm-hmm. basically that gameplay style, those upgrade yeah. systems. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's move along to... It's the Old News Awards. Take it away, Matt. I've only got two news items, but one of them is a biggie. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I will get the smaller one out of the way first. Earlier this year, 
There was speculation that a God of War live-action series was in the works or being shopped around. It is now confirmed Amazon Prime is uh, moving forward with production on live-action God of War with Corey Barlog as the executive producer. Ooh, cool. So. I know Christopher Judge had said that he was interested in playing a live-action Kratos. I hope they give him the shot to do that. Yeah. At least an audition. Because, like, yeah, his his voice is now synonymous with that character, I think, much more so than even T.C. Carson ever was. So. I did enjoy seeing him smother Al Pacino at the Game Awards, too. That, so. <laughs> what a bizarre moment. <laughs> it was so strange. Granddad's here to talk about your goddamn video game. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not in the news of the Game Awards because there's no game announcement with Pacino's appearance. But yeah, I did want to highlight, uh, go over some of the highlights of the Game Awards show. Uh, there's so many news items that we are unfortunately probably going to have to brush over a few that, l- dear listeners, you might think were big. But uh, let's let's just dive right in. Uh, you don't, you don't fun- think there's a news item with Al Pacino? I'm changing my name to Al Pacinko. I'm made by Konami now. <laughs> Dunkachino. I'm made of marbles. <laughs> Final Fantasy 16 has a release date. Uh, you know, with this franchise history, yeah. who knows if this will be the actual final one. But for now, June 22nd, 2023 mm. is the release date for Final Fantasy 16, which feels unbelievably soon Hmm. yeah dude i'm stoked uh if you couldn't tell already i'm a big final fantasy fan but i really like like how dark this is it reminds me of like final fantasy tactics and Mm. and whatnot and i'm really excited to see what this does for the series i I saw some of the loke producers out there where people were asking them if this was inspired by like game of thrones because it's like a darker medieval Mm. and they were like well yes because how could it not be like Game of Thrones is this huge cultural phenomenon that we all watch? So I mean, yeah. even Final Fantasy Tactics was inspired by Game of Thrones. Like, like that's as far as this, these games or these books have been yeah. around for that long, and so many games you wouldn't even realize have been inspired by yeah. Game of Thrones. Like, it's yeah. huge. So it's it's almost here, June. Even if it gets pushed back, I mean, that's it makes me pretty confident it's coming in 2023 sometime. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm also excited about a series that I mostly ignored <laughs> the first five iterations of, but now that I'm into Souls games, maybe I'll try Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. How, because, how much uh, of the Souls DNA is in Armored Core? I, I don't even know. Like, everybody... I, no, I mean, I okay, played well, All right. So, a surprising amount of Armored Core can be found in especially those early, like, Dark Souls games. That's right. You're Thing a Kingsfield um, guy, aren't you? You are the I one. Am, yeah. I am. I'm the Kingsfield guy. Absolutely. And I am also an Armored Core guy. Not as big as Kingsfield. Like, I've only played the Armored Core 2 and, like, the 3 series and a little bit of 4. Chris, you're you're probably going to want to play either 3. 4 is the one that Miyazaki directed, and it's it's cool. But all these games, they do the same, like, subtle storytelling thing. Thank God. Yeah, four answers the one that that Miyazaki did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like all fast and anime style. It's 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 way more. Uh, if you if you like like Gundam and stuff, like that's probably mm-hmm. the one to play. But um, like these games have the, that same storytelling where it's like there's these subtle things that if you read enough emails in your in your inbox in these games and you read the descriptions of stuff and you go, oh shit does that mean that I just did X, Y, Z to this group of people? And I didn't even realize that that's, that stuff is there. And some of that same like stamina management and, and that footsie 
it's it's there for sure. Um, not as I'm not going to say that. Yeah, if you love Elden Ring, go play Armored Core. You'll love it, <laughs> but you might. And I, it sounds like at first, like there was some like the press release made it sound like there might be some soulsiness to Armored Core Six, maybe in the combat, especially some of the leaks implied maybe there was some of that too. But um, they they're sticking with like the 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 mission based structure where. You're in between your missions. You're upgrading your mech and stuff. So I wouldn't expect any open world exploration necessarily, anything like that. But for Armored Core fans or just people who like mech games in general, or people who just are curious, like what else does FromSoft do? This is some right. pretty exciting. And I'm news. definitely more more now more than ever curious about that because I I really have only played like Metal Wolf Chaos. And, and honestly, Chris, one of the things that uh, Armored Core almost has like a Monster Hunter like structure with mm. like I'm. I'm getting, I'm doing missions, and then I'm getting, you know, upgrades and buying upgrades or, or you know, crafting upgrades and that sort of stuff. There's a little bit of that there too. It's like a ten year gap for yeah. like the entire yeah. time Souls was happening. There was no Armored Core. It basically like Demon Souls came out, and they were like, "This is making us money. We're sticking with this." Yeah. So yeah, it skipped PS4 and everything. Nice. Yeah. Um, so. This is a bit of a surprise in a few ways because this is a studio who so far has managed to avoid doing sequels, but Supergiant Games is following up Hades with Hades 2 was officially announced, um, featuring a new female protagonist who is Zagreus's sister, apparently. Mm. Melanoe, am I saying that right? Mel- I don't know. It's, uh, but anyway, there's new, new protagonist. It's more Hades. They actually showed gameplay already yes. and they said the game is going into Early access in 2023, very similar Fucking to you know nuts. Hades was in early access. And it looks for a long markedly time. better, and I'm not really sure I expected that from a Hades too. Yeah, I mean the first one was so good from, from a company who has never made a sequel. They've never done sequels. They always wanted to do a new thing, but I think it just shows you how successful Hades was. And and if the fact that you know if they think there's more story to explore there, like fuck yeah, I would love to see that. I loved that game. Yeah, it's far and away yeah. my favorite game, whatever year it came out. I don't even remember now. It's so I think good. that was that was two years ago or last year it was, it was last two year, years right? ago yeah um yeah no and like just the idea of Supergiant doing an iterative thing i mean they there's a lot of potential here for like i mean i don't think it's gonna be just oh it's just more hades like there could be some really cool ideas in this game yeah you know what'd be a cool idea fucking pyre 2 bring it you back you cowards hmm. everyone's favorite sports game I love Pyre. Uh, Ken Levine showed his new game, yeah. Judas. And boy, if you like Bioshock games, uh, this looks an awful lot like a Bioshock game. Yep. I don't know. The cin- it was just kind of cinematics and everything. You're just like, oh, okay, yeah, he's, he's doing it. I, I'm fascinated. I, I think that guy is great, and Bioshock Infinite is the biggest, what would you call that, bump in his legacy? Uh, I think that's I mean, speed bump. Yeah, I well, like, yeah, Infinite was. I yeah, I like the first Bioshock. I like Bioshock too, but that wasn't that wasn't him. Hmm. Um, that was a that was the people right. who went on to do like uh, Gone Home and whatnot. Well, um, they did the DLC. I don't think they did the main. Oh, game. The, yeah, right. They did yeah. the DLC. You're right. You're right. Um, which is my favorite part of mm-hmm. Bioshock. Minerva's so, dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But but I, I I do think he's a brilliant guy. And if you read about Infinite, like it, how it changed at the last minute to be more marketable and kind of ended his relationship with 2k i'm curious gotta know gotta know i honestly feel like we focus too much on that whereas like when i think of infinite it's just a fine 
game. It's it's fine. I don't need to go back and play it again. It doesn't ruin the legacy of Bioshock for me. I just it's don't give a shit about it. as good as High on Life, in my opinion. It, it holds the same place as, like, Halo 4 or Halo 5. It's like, yeah, those happen. I don't, I don't mm. care, you know. Liked the story. Death Stranding is getting a sequel. Woo! Death Stranding 2. Um, this was shocker because I think when they started to show the trailer... It was like, oh, is this like a DLC? Is this some kind of prequel tie-in or whatever? But it's it's a sequel. They showed off more. I want to know what's going on with the story because, like, if you played one, Fragile has, like, this condition with her body and stuff, mm-hmm. which you, you see a lot of her arms and sure doesn't look like old lady body in, in, this, in these trailers. But nope. Sam Bridges looks yeah. like old Sam. And so. They old snaked him. Yep. They Metal did. Gear Solid Ford him. <laughs> they did. Question for you guys, though. Is this... Is this what Kojima has been teasing? Like, he'd been teasing, like, a horror game for the past year. Um, there, I, I believe he's working on a, on a multiple projects, and one of them is an Xbox right. exclusive. Yeah. Um, okay. So I don't know. I don't know. This could be that thing. I will say, though, man, like, the, the visuals in this trailer, like, I'm really, regardless of anyone's feelings on on death stranding like it's a weird game i understand i adored it but uh even though the story just was it, it was totally kojima bullshit yeah. Him, yeah but the, but the visuals in this trailer and like his visual like storytelling in a lot of his games it's really cool seeing that in something that isn't metal gear um even though i mean yeah there's a lot of metal gear dna here but like those that like those red cultists in the in the desert with like the weird coffin thing they're walking with i didn't think that that was a kojima game at first because i'm so used to like you know dudes in camo and and giant robots but i don't know it's it was really cool and so i'm excited to see what sort of weird shit he gets he gets up to here did you see that story about like um he completely rewrote the story to this game after covid19 happened which is so Mm -hmm. funny because in the original we were commenting like it seems so prescient now like it was this like since i don't want to predict the future again yeah 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 yeah, it's it it was creepy and like I don't know. I uh I think that game I think COVID probably changed a lot of people's I know for a fact for some people it did, but um yeah, I'm I'm not sure if they can do the same gameplay loop. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh let's see. We already knew that we were getting more Keanu in in Cyberpunk 2077's mm-hmm. uh DLC, but now we're also getting Idris Elba. <laughs> Uh, I'm so excited for this DLC. I, I hope it writes many of the wrongs that uh, that original game had, or at least people perceive by, it to have. Accounts, it's totally it, it, that's already happened. It just uh, marred in our minds because of a uh, you know we were there for the launch. Yeah, hmm. yeah. So yeah, it, I think at this point, unless you're like, if you're just not into that kind of gameplay, like that might be why you wouldn't like it. But it seems like most people are they're at least into it. Yeah, no. I'm I'm excited for it. And I think it's coming this year, right? They confirmed that DLC is coming this year? Well, 2023, but yeah. That's what I mean by this this upcoming year. Sorry, mm-hmm. yes. Um, let's see. Jedi Survivor. Star Wars Jedi Survivor uh, is coming this March. It is right around the corner. We knew before the show they were going to show gameplay. Um, they showed off kind of an older-looking Cal Kestis. I wish you had that soundbite, Michael. Fuck you, Cal Kestis. There it is. There it is. Uh, but yeah, I mean... This is one of those games. I don't want to see anything more about it. Like, yeah, I was already sold. I want, I'm going to play this game when it comes out. Like, just yeah. can't wait for March. I don't know. Uh, here's a game that I'm not so excited about. Like, I, and I've liked all the other games in this franchise, but like, 
I'm having trouble getting excited for Diablo 4, which they confirmed is coming in June 2023. June 6th, to be specific. So. I mean, were you ever much of a Diablo fan? I I like all of those games. I, I wouldn't call myself like a Diablo fan, but like I certainly played through 3, liked mm-hmm. what was there. I wasn't like... I didn't play it like an MMO, though, where I didn't like replay it over and over like some people did, so... Yeah, I, I uh, started with 1, and I still have... Uh, a lot of fond feelings for one it's you know such a different game than the other two but Diablo 2 man like that was my teenage years was just grinding out you know a legendary shit and and doing bail runs in Diablo 2 and Diablo 3 I liked it a lot Um, the thing I like you Matt I'm not sure about 4 and I think I think it looks like visually art direction wise totally looks great but um I'm just kind of worried that, like, there's a season pass, there's some other stuff, and I'm just not sure if that's, like, the experience I want from Diablo. Yeah. Yeah, you can kind of tell they're learning everything with that Diablo Immortal mobile game thing that they're going to apply in for, and you're like, that's not why I'm here. Uh, June is is turning out to be, like, an awesome month, because we have another June release. Street Fighter Six is coming June 2nd of 2023, so fucking, yes, stoked for that. Yeah, nothing, nothing really else for me to say there, other than like can't looks great. It's a cool trailer. Just yeah, the like the new characters. Uh, Suicide Squad is coming May twenty sixth, so almost June, right there before June. Mm. And this one hit me right in the feels. They yeah, revealed Kevin Conroy, one of the biggest things in the history of the Game Awards. Like the yeah. the idea, Kevin Conroy's only been in the ground for a month and. They reveal, they reveal not only is Batman alive, but it'll be voiced by the best Batman. Best guy in his last Batman. performance of the character. In his last yeah. performance, I'm getting mushy just trying to talk about it because I yeah. love that guy and that Batman so much. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And I, I appreciated that the trailer, like, in addition to having Kevin Conroy's voice for Batman, like, that, that first reveal shot of him has, like, the Arkham Asylum sign in the background. It's like they're mm-hmm. saying, no, this is that Batman. The Arkham mm-hmm. Batman, not the one that dies in the opening cutscene for Gotham Knights. Oh my god. Gotham Knights in so many ways feels a bit like Arkham Origins. It's like, mm. yeah, it's technically a game we release, but we're not going to acknowledge it. Hmm. I don't know. Um, Tekken 8 announced that it is getting a returning character. So Jin Kazama's mom, June Kazama, oh boy. is returning. Uh, she was a character that people seemingly thought was dead following the events of Tekken 2. So, uh, Who the yeah, fuck plays cool. Tekken and knows its story and thinks anyone in that movie that the goddamn game is dead? Me and Bruce Wayne Brady. And uh, <laughs> I know he's personally excited for this one. Everybody has survived a, a, a swim in a volcano. Yeah, countless deaths. <laughs> it's, it's basically the MCU at this point. Well, no, people stay dead in the MCU. Marvel Comics. There you go. Michael's Game of the Year, Horizon Forbidden West, is getting DLC yeah. this April. The Burning <laughs> Shores DLC. I mean, that, that was a. I thought that was a, like, oh, we were watching it for announcements. Like, that's a big first party announcement. Good for Keeley. Mm-hmm. Good for the Dorito Pope. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose. An LA LA expansion to Horizon. Why not? Hmm. Why not? Featuring the Hollywood sign in that review. How would that still be? Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> It's wood wouldn't have been eaten by the nano machines. Come on, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Uh, Crash Team Rumble is a four v four multiplayer game coming in twenty twenty three, which is why I can brush over this item. Um, let's see. 
the creator of Celeste showed their next game, Earthblade, which uh, there was a trailer for that. So I'm sure I'll love it, but it's like one of those games that, like, how am I supposed to get excited for this? Right. I mean, it's like it's just cool to see what they're working yeah. on, but totally. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Bayonetta Origins is very interesting. Cereza and the Lost Demon, it's like a, That's it's a, a spin-off set in the universe, but it's like a totally different gameplay style and graphic look and everything. Like this, <clears throat> this was really surprised. Not what I want from Bayonetta. Anyway. No, it reminds me a little bit of the, um, that Darksiders third person isometric game where it's like, oh, you're cool though. Yeah, that you game's like good. Hell, that game's good. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Genesis. Good game. It is, it is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Hellboy is getting a, a video game yeah, adaptation. Yeah. It actually uh, looks like Mike Mignola's art. Yep, mm-hmm. I have a, mm-hmm. all the all the graphic novels on my shelf awesome. over there. I love oh, this. Nice. I'm very nice. excited. Nice. Nice. Uh, this I don't know if I should be excited for a crime boss, Rocky City. <laughs> it has an insane How did that cast. Not get on the like that and the Al Pacino bit. They, like, they should was, have told. Uh, they should have presented it as we found a game that was lost in development ten years ago. And That's what's funny. Yeah. It's, it's 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 the idealized version 20. and age of all of these actors, and so it's yeah. like young Michael Madsen, yes. younger Chuck Norris, younger Danny Glover, Kim Basinger, Danny yeah. Trejo, yeah. and Vanilla Ice is timeless. He is he's immortal, so he always looks the same. And yeah, he's but in there but well. everybody's got like na- the character names that are based on their real names. Like Danny Glover is gloves. Vanilla Ice is yellow. Which is, yep. you know, Spanish for ice. Yes, oh. yes. I, yeah, somebody had written about Vanilla Ice. is like, hey, this this guy's never been famous for years, never been canceled or aged. We should start talking about him again. Like, <laughs> He's decently funny in that one Adam Sandler yeah. movie that he's in. Yeah. Like, he's totally fine in that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Lords of the Fallen is getting a new game. That's all I need to say about that. Um, Call it Lords of the Fallen. Confuse, confuse me further. Yep. Yeah, let's see. There was a new Transformers game announced that nobody I know seemed to get excited about. Transformers it also didn't re-activate. look like a Transformers thing at all. Mm-hmm. Like other than the fact that Bumblebee's kind of in it. Oh, post-apocalypse. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, I have to have. I have a soft spot in my heart for Remnant because I shipped Dude, that game. That game uh, was great. Remnant Two coming next year. Mm-hmm. That game was great, by the way, and I think it's on Game Pass or. It- was or it's on place i can't remember but like it definitely has been on game that shit was awesome that's a game i really i i missed the boat on but it it had like everything about it right it's like a a double a game taking on a triple a franchise and doing a lot of stuff better than those triple a franchises it's fucking awesome i love that game it is a uh basically a roguelite shooter sort of yeah uh, with proc Mm. gen levels and stuff it's great uh another great game this is for a DLC uh, collaboration coming up. Dead Cells Return to very, Castlevania is DLC arriving next excited, year. Excited because everything I it's the perfect crossover. everything I loved about Hades was because of what I loved about Dead Cells, and yeah, I totally. didn't know how they would progress that further and outdo Hades. But hey, adding one of my favorite video game franchises, and it yeah. was just a cinematic trailer, and by that I mean animation, and it's difficult to get excited over other than what you're what we're saying right now dead cells meets sure, yeah. castlevania holy shit what is this going to be i'm excited yep because I, yep. I i i think are we not in the same boat where did you think you were ever going to see those characters again <laughs> like uh playable outside of smash characters? outside of netflix yeah. probably yeah. not yeah 
And Brawlhalla, no. I think they recently yeah, appeared there yeah, as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And Smash. Who can there, was, there was a bunch of other smaller announcements. Did did I miss any that you guys were particularly I, like, excited I, I, about? Like, I know you guys are like me. Like it's it's hard to look at like a first person shooter and be like, whoa. All those quick cuts make this game look amazing. Like, no, I kind of need to know what the the hook is. And but like the best looking trailer, in my opinion, was uh, for Replaced. Which one is Replaced? Is that the the magic based shooter? No, it was like a. Uh, uh, it looks like what would you call it? Um, Dead Cells, out of this world, another world style graphics, oh, right. but like brought yeah, yeah. into full three D in like. Every single second of it wowed me, and and I really yeah I really want to play replaced. Um, it looked very good, and it's coming to Game Pass, so I won't have to pay a fucking oh, cent. Yeah, for yeah, it. yeah. This one, the yeah, the retro future thing. Yeah, um, it, I thought it looked it, like vi- visually this wowed me the most because it, it's a style I didn't expect to be brought to us like that. Like, uh, very very interesting. Watch the trailer; I can't recommend it enough. How are you feeling about Wild Hearts, Chris? Because they showed a very Okami-looking trailer for the EA Monster Hunter clone. Yeah, like, oh, God, I forgot mm-hmm. about that. That's the one. I think it's Team Ninja doing that one, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. I yeah. mean, like, uh, all I thought about was Anthem when that happened and EA support for that <laughs> game. But, like, because if you're not a sports game and there's no monetization, EA doesn't have any time for you. Uh, I can't think of a game I play from EA that's had ongoing support of any kind or balance. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm curious. I'm mad curious. Titanfall, right? Titanfall and Apex, those are EA, right? So, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, Titanfall, or Apex in particular, which I don't play, but I was playing, I played a lot of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, EA I'm, does. The, EA brings the live service knowledge. I don't know if Team Ninja has that knowledge, right? Like, like it's, uh, it's well, it doesn't. I mean, Team Ninja. That's. Am I thinking of of the right Team Ninja? We're we're not. That's like Neo and uh, Ninja ne- Gaiden. That's Neo and Ninja Gaiden. I mean, right, I, that's that? a, that's quite the pedigree. I I yeah. feel like they know action games. They know that sort of thing. Oh, action yeah, RPGs, yeah. even so. But I mean, live service is one thing they don't really know. Oh, like, sure. Neo had some DLC. Well, but yeah, no. I don't know. Neo, yeah, it did. It didn't have a lot of updates or anything like that. It had decent multiplayer. It's a, it's a, it's a we'll see. And if that Game Pass trial period holds out, like I, I'll put easily ten hours into this before I. Oh, the EA Play. Yeah, That's a good man. point. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely play this. I, 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 I forgot. I didn't even know how to activate that until I heard about Need for Speed uh, Unbound. But it's. You gotta get the EA Play app on your Xbox, and then you can. Yep, it, when you have to have Ultimate, it's you have to have Game, Pass, Game Pass Ultimate. Ultimate. Download this yeah. free app, and then you can play EA games first week, ten hours, ten hour trials. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's how I play all the Maddens and sports games they put out every year to see if I mean, they're it's, worth. It's amazing because like, for games like that, yeah. like if you ex- if you uh, exhaust your trial, you're in, you're hooked. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's 10 hours. That That's yeah. a significant chunk of, of those games. So, All right. Well, that is all the news that is fit to play from the Game Awards. We don't need to go over the winners. You guys can look those up online. You've got the... Yeah. The winner was my favorite Orthodox rabbi, Bill Clinton. Um, <laughs> I, man. So yeah. I've, I've, never seen a sh- I've never seen a shit post live in my life before. That was wild. Uh, yeah. But I, I should say that Elden Ring cleaned up. Yeah. Uh, God of War cleaned up. A lot, yeah. lot of blood awards there. Um, 
Yeah. The awards are a joke. <laughs> the awards are a joke. The and awards I, are not what anyone really tunes in yes. for. I mean, if yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if that's what you're watching and, and you get to the point where Jeff Keighley rattles off five awards in like yep. 30 seconds, like, that's, it's not what that's for. No. And, that, and that's, I, I, I believe in this concept because I will not watch both. I will not. I don't want to watch yeah, a straight. I have one or the yeah, other. Yeah, I don't want to. I, I don't. I don't want to watch a straightforward game awards, and I don't want to watch a straightforward trailer showcase. Uh, oh, I see. What uh, you're I, okay, it, yeah. Like, I don't know how you marry them better. I think it's important this exists. So, like, I actually was down in L.A. for the night of the show. The first time I didn't go to the show itself, but like, I I normally sort of don't go out. I, I avoid that area just because I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be crowded, whatever. And like. It reminded me a lot of E3. Like I was in the JW Marriott taking meetings and I'm like, this feels like E3. And it was like, kind of reminded me of the importance of having that event, like a night yeah. to celebrate the industry. Like I appreciate that he's, that he puts it on because the industry needs that kind of stuff other than just E3. It, it was, it was weird. Knows, you know. Like, uh, uh, this is sort of inside, but, uh, you know, we lost a friend in the games industry with Rob Smith recently mm-hmm. and, there was like it was it, there was able to be a meetup where like most people who knew him could meet up and that was in LA I, I couldn't make it obviously but like uh, I thought that was nice like the I, it, most of the people he knew and worked with were able to do a thing because there was still yeah, well, there were a couple here as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, I'm glad the show exists I agree that in terms of like are you there to watch just an award show? No, probably not. Most I I tune in for the announcements, which is why yeah, I games games deserve awards. And, and simultaneously with the award show, I'm like, oh, this is so cool! Finally, oh my god, what what the, the one award Sonic was supposed to win? Oh yeah, and this is where I get to say, yeah, Sonic Frontiers was robbed from that People's Choice Awards. Like it should, I I because yeah. you guys texted me and like oh it's an hour in i can skip past the shit i don't want to watch and when the stream finally caught up it's like and now the award for best multiplayer game goes to splatoon 3 like get the fuck out of here who is on this <laughs> voting get out of here the winners the winners feel oddly disassociated from like what the zeitgeist is around mm-hmm. most of those games like the, there's a lot of non-traditional winners you're like really like it's, i don't remember people talking three, about it wasn't best multiplayer it was something else but like like family yeah, game it's like, or something when this happens it's because nintendo is going to announce something here and they announced nothing nothing so they got an uh, yeah they had like one little sizzle reel oh and it was, that was awful like it was the same thing like running in a target yeah. kiosk <laughs> that they ran over and over again <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, yeah, it, it, was, it was awful. Um, and and yeah. yeah, but the show itself was was, was pretty yeah, good. yeah, no, pretty, pretty good. I think it was the best of of the modern iteration yeah. of this stuff. In terms I, of I in terms was... of large scale announcements, like there was a lot going on. Well, and, I, and just in like the way it was paced and everything, I I thought it was a good show. Like, I, I think there's still always going to be room for improvement with mm-hmm. stuff like this. But out of the last almost ten years, nine ten years, it's been going on. I think it's. Yes, yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and I say, I say, if you're out there complaining too much about it, fucking you yeah. do it. You put on a game <laughs> yes. show, then try it. Fine, so, I will. So, Starting next week, you, you pull, you pull a <laughs> Greg Miller or whatever the fuck he's doing, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, thing I yeah. didn't see. If you if you can do better, fucking try. 
All right, Keeley does it though. So yeah, and and, and, and without an E three, like an E three for who knows, maybe ever again, like this might be. Our no, no, thing. next year's happening. It's coming back, isn't it? It's coming back. No, no, no game game uh, uh, companies like E three. It's a giant expense. It's okay, but there's going to be the Summer Games oh, Keeley event Keeley. a week before. So oh, he's going to do it. It's going to bring back E three for us. It's coming back. You're going to come it's out happening. for it because that's my birthday week. We're going to celebrate We're gonna call Chris. It It'll be a grand old time. After, mm-hmm. yeah, after an oddly spelled you're gonna You're going to get there but not get a pass to go inside. So you'll just have your face pressed against the window the whole time. <laughs> I, like I, did, a, I did. Like an adorable mop. This is neither here movie. nor there, but I, I, it, where else am I going to say it? I was smitten with the movie Bullet Train, which I'm not sure while set in Japan, if anybody ever set foot in Japan. And once again, the train station is the E3. Like, it, it is E3. And, like, it is very clearly, what's it called? The uh, LA Convention Center. Like, it's very clearly that. Yeah. And, like, I, I know you, we all get a little giddy when we see that on film. Like, ah, shit, it's E3. Look at Face Off, the beginning of Face Off when Nick Cage is mugging in a choir. Hell, the, the airport scene in Home Alone yeah. is the. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Lost LACC, use of it a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just it, to me. It's I'm like, oh, fuck, it's E three. Uh, but Bullet Train, yep. I'm recommend Bullet Train. Train my video game lock of the week. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on to the community segment, which is always a segmenting our community. Uh, last week's question of the week was, "What was your favorite remaster or remake of the year?" And Brendan, you weren't here. Uh, do you have a favorite? I mean, it's probably Crisis Core. Yeah. I could also throw. Tactics Ogre in there, but like it's it's Crisis Core for sure. I am never going to recapture. And yeah, we can say that now because recapture out. the yeah. magic of sending you a gif of Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds yelling tactics. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> it or Shrek it took you guys like twenty Shrek. minutes. Like, oh, I get that now. That was pretty cool. Hmm. No real. <laughs> I only got it once. Matt pointed out. Oh, it is the character Ogre from it the movie wasn't franchise. Genuine laugh. I was able to send it to three people who got it and like. Wow, man, I really got that. Like, Jesus. <laughs> well done. Be, well played. To be fair, I think it's... To be fair. Well, no, I, it, this is the third or fourth version of this game. It was, on, it was on the Super Nintendo, it was on the PSP, and then this is the remaster of the PSP version. And I think the only other game that came out this year that's had that many remasters is The Last of Us. There you go. Wow. I was yeah. waiting for that. There you go. Out now for PC after the game award. Out soon, I think. In, in March, I want to say. Yeah. yeah. Coming soon to the yeah. PC, I should have said. Well, on VigigamePocalypse.com, Darth Ender X said, does the Cowabunga collection count as an entire collection of remasters? Because that'd have to be mine. If I have to narrow it down further, the Super Nintendo version of Turtles in Time. You Man, I, I, I... Like, uh... I might have a buddy staying with me for Christmas. Uh, Melendez, he's been on the show before. Um, we might... Our p- tentative plan is to go through all the games in the Calabunga collection in, in a row. Wow. Um, I'm exci- I think you I'm could probably so knock excited. those out fairly quickly, to be I'm honest. I'm so excited. I'm really, really excited. With the stuff they give you, because that one has a rewind, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, with that you'll 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 get through those. But with, with this those. friend in particular, we've watched so many speedruns of TMNT one. I'm dying to like put those into action. I'm just telling you, Fall of Foot Clan game of the year. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, dude. I, I love seeing Game Boy games uh, hit our consoles, man. I really do. It's sort of depressing when you see them blown up that big. Though. <laughs> I, I know, I know. They still I know, play I know. okay. It's it's fine. But, it's uh, just but, in my mind's eye. I remember how good Game Boy games looked, even though it looked like a dot matrix printer come to life. It's, it's like trying to because it had to like blow up characters to like a quarter of like half the screen just so you could see what you were doing, and and sometimes the sprite work felt better than on the on the, on the NES. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. like. God damn, I'm excited. Uh, what was the resolution of the Game Boy? Do you suppose like 120? Shit, I don't Something know. Like that. I, yeah, I, and like, I don't. I don't want Nintendo. I don't give a fuck about an N64 Mini. I would love a Game Boy Mini. Like, put three games on there, and I don't care what they are. I'll hack it and put whatever I want on it. It was uh, 160 by 144. Oof. Wow. Okay. Okay. 160p. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 how they watch movies in in, in Latvia. <laughs> oh, size of postage stamp screen. Oh, how your uncle afford these? Yes. I don't. I My don't wife slept with many men to get this one sixty four P TV. I think Brendan, you're the only one qualified to read the next user response. Uh, so Wisconsin Knight says, "Tactics Ogre Reborn is the one remake this year. I re- I got really into." Uh, my favorite changes are quality of life improvements that save your busy work. Uh, skill requirements for equipment have been eased up. Crafting doesn't have a chance to fail anymore, and fallen allies have a few turns to be revived before they face permadeath. I personally like that middle ground because I typically restart a mission in permadeath games without the feature, uh, but will accept the death if I have time to revive and still fail. The enemy AI has been made a lot better too, which makes the game way more engaging. This is the definitive version of an excellent experience. And I would agree. I mean, I think a lot of that stuff is definitely true. Um, I, I kind of miss the, uh, the tension of the permadeath to a certain extent, but you know, it's, it's still, that option's still there. So it's, I like that it keeps him honest where like having a few extra turns to really give him the chance to mess up is like, okay, I'll own that death versus like, if it's just outright permadeath right away, he's like, I'm going to restart this mission. I'm going to save scum this thing. There's this really cool thing that, I mean, it, it exists in the other game, but like they go way in depth with it. And it's a programming miracle to me where you can revert the turns back as far as you want. And like, it will save um, all of those turns as you like redo stuff. So if you were like, you know what, I've been playing, you know, the next five turns and I really screwed the pooch on this. I'm going to go back and then I'm going to do the same thing that I did before. And then you can just, it saves all that. I don't know how they do it. It's really fascinating to me, but yeah, it's, it's cool. Uh, uh, trick to CM says Pac-Man world repacked, uh, enjoyed an old fashioned nineties platformer showing up on the switch, uh, to fill the void after beating Frogan. Frogan? Mm. Frogan. Yeah, Frogan. 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 Frogan school. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck is Pack World Repacked? Uh, that's the that's the remaster of that platformer. The the PS one right platformer. Oh my god. Oh my god. See, I I, I thought he meant that Pac Man Museum. Which collection, we yeah we didn't mention, but year. like, there's a Pac Man Museum game like every year and a half. So like. Yeah, it's but this is a good one, and it includes lots of nice. great games. Fine, but okay. I mean, it's Pac-Man. What are you gonna mm-hmm. do? Yeah. Uh, let's see from the Twitter at Drawn Coyote says it may not be the most lavish, technically impressive remaster, but Pac-Man World Repack came wow. out at the right moment where I had some 
but not much downtime in my life. Just old school platforming challenges that took a little over five hours to beat. Also, that in credits theme slaps, as the kids say. Michael, cue the music. Okay, this is worth it. Come on. Oh, these people still make DDR, right? No way, that's going to be shit. Shy Guy Fieri says, This is kind of a cheat because I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I'm pretty confident my favorite remaster this year will be Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. I loved the original, and everything I've been hearing about the remaster sounds like they made all the right quality of life updates. Crisis Core is by far the best of the compilation of Final Fantasy VII, not including Final Fantasy VII Remake, but it's been stuck on the PSP for so long, I can't wait to play through Zack's story again. A character that barely appears in the original game, but is so much better than Cloud. And I do like Cloud. I look forward to seeing the ending again and crying manly Chad tears. And here's hoping we get a tease for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, given how Remake ended. Apologies to Matt, I couldn't think of a clever way to make this about sex. Tifa is hot, but I've already done that bit. I you want to f- get Gax gacked on you. That's that's <laughs> the you joke. Go. There you go. All right, there you go. fine. Says, I will think of something special for you next time, buddy. I appreci- yeah. appreciate that. Got to get keep Zach's that streak on me. Oh, wait. I, 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 <laughs> his flow? You want him to buster sword on you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Take it. Uh, Brendan really likes Final Fantasy. <laughs> I do. I do. All right, so new question of the week. What game was robbed this year at the Game Awards? Um, gosh, it's a hard one for me because, yeah, I, I do agree with the game of the year, and I've forgotten all the other categories. Right. <laughs> it all got replaced by replaced. Oh, mm-hmm. great. What a great I'm going to say... Sonic Front Ears. Uh, clearly, it's a big improvement since Robotnik Side Ears and uh, <laughs> deserves some recognition for that evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I would say Tunic got robbed for oh, best yeah. breakout indie game, um, not only because I love that game, but also I think the category, like, I look, I, nothing against these publishers, but at, at a certain point, like, Devolver and Annapurna, I don't know if they count as like indie anymore. Yeah. Like they yeah. are, they got yeah. a lot of money behind mm. them. And yeah. I mean, I know they come from small studios. That's fine. But like Tunic was indie, indie. Um, if we're if we're going by any sort of metric, so I would say Tunic got robbed. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I already called out one of the things. So Sonic Frontiers, I think, did get robbed for the player's choice. But no, actually. It wasn't even nominated for best soundtrack, and Dude, the why? OST in that why game not? is is amazing. And um, yeah, I, I personally, again, I worked on the game, so take that with a grain of salt. But I personally think it should have been nominated for for best soundtrack. Um, another game that was one of my favorite games of the year that didn't get any respect: Neon White. Neon White yes. was so good and just completely overlooked. I'm sorry, I didn't even play Stray. But I don't I have to play straight to know Neon White is a better I, I game did. than Stray. Every single thing in that category was more deserving of being the winner. 
everything. But the thing is, there's a lot of cat people who vote for these. So. I, I guess, but the mm. other nominees. And were, no disrespect to, to cat people, Red Rock. I know you're listening. Debut uh, indie games. The other nominees were Neon White, Norco, Tunic, and Vampire Survivors. All games I enjoyed immensely more than Stray. Hmm. Stray just captivated yeah, people. Stray, Stray is fun. I don't want to shit on Stray, but like these other games were. They're always. Ah, see, better. but I feel like Stray was one of those games that before it came out, everyone was super hyped for, and then when it came out, most people were like, eh, "It's fine." It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just that it hit the mainstream. That's Versus what the game, happened. it's in the best indie game category with Cult of the Lamb, a banger. Neon White, a banger. Sifu, a banger. Tunic, a banger. And then Stray, it's like it's Fox it's Stray. not the best in that group. It doesn't I never would have said fuck group. Stray if it hadn't won this award. I really wouldn't. I just, yeah, I just don't, I don't know. Honestly, like for me, obviously Tunic was the one, but any of those would have been a better pick in my opinion. But yeah, anyway. Agreed, agreed. Um, Oh, I don't want to talk shit because it's an award show. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? But I thought it was like best ongoing game. Like, what does that mean? And like Final Fantasy 14 winning is like, how old are these voters? <laughs> I feel like it's won three or four years in a row. How old too, are these like voters? Uh, because, and, 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 and I, it's also like, well, ha- hats off to Final Fantasy XIV. It's almost a 10-year-old game. A 10-year-old yeah. game. Mm. Uh, that, that That's still ongoing. But like, how did that win? <laughs> how did that win? I'm going to give you a new answer, Chris. And I think you'll agree with me. Ollie Ollie World got jobbed for Gran Turismo 7. Ollie oh, Ollie World should have won sports sports game. And, and 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 if I if I really want to bitch, I think God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> is, I didn't vote for it for Game of the Year. Just a spoiler for the show that's about to happen. I don't like that game at very much at all. Like it's it's top notch quality, but it's like boring and exactly the same as the first one. Uh, it it won so many awards, and I was just like, I am bored out of my mind with this getting so many accolades. Like, this is not the best that our industry has. Uh, uh, yeah, to hold up to. I, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't like it. Didn't care for it. I think that's fair. It is, is fair. Same, dude. Same. <laughs> Whatever. I fucking love that game. It, it's, it's a great game, but like, yeah, I mean. It's like Avengers yeah. Endgame sweeping the Oscars. Like, it doesn't make any yeah, fucking sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, it that's didn't, a, that's it didn't a great sweep. Elden Ring swept, so. Yeah, and that's like Return of the King sweeping the Oscars, mm-hmm. so. Yes. Yeah, but, but they had more time to speak on stage because they're English speakers. Hmm. Blech. And they weren't interrupted by some guy nominating his Orthodox yeah. rabbi, Ooh. Bill Clinton. Did you all look into that? I, I did. I did. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah, just a weirdo shit. Po- who knows what he what he meant? Who knows? I'm going to offend people by not saying anything. Okay, yeah. good on you. Yeah, like I hope oh. it was worth being arrested. <laughs> Schreier interviewed him afterward. Did anyone yes, watch he that? Did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He asked them a question in Hebrew, and the kid very clearly understood, but pretended like he didn't. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Don't give him attention. Is what he was seeking. Don't uh-huh. give it to him. Yeah. 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 So what game do you think was robbed at the Game Awards? Let us know. Go to VigiGameApocalypse.com. Answer to the comments for episode 502. Alternately, you can visit us on the official LaserTime community on Facebook. There will be a thread there where you can answer. Or ping us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, and we will read the answers on next week's show. Anyway, that has been our show. Uh, let's go with some plugs. Once again, Brendan, where can people find you? Well, okay. 
Yeah. Twitter is the best place mm-hmm. at Brendan underscore LH. Uh, you can play my game, the Necromancer's Tower at uh, itch.io. And you can find my videos uh, on youtube.com slash the crawl. Also right for like GameSpot, Wired, uh, tons of other places. But yeah, that's the general stuff. That's where you can find me. Also, I'm adding a another, uh, just a tease here, I'm adding yet another tool to my Swiss Army Knife of the Games Industry persona in the next couple months. So um, it's pretty cool. Mm. Uh, I'm excited to share it with people. Follow me for more. I guess that's No all. idea what that means, but I hope you're resurrecting Nintendo Power. I'll tell you off the oh, air. How good. about that? Ooh, all right. Voiceover. You're new. Mm-hmm. You're the new voice of Crash Bandicoot. Do that. Brandon Hesse. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know Crash enough to do him. Uh, <laughs> right. I have to believe you. Like, <laughs> can't tell. Yeah. Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime. A uh, lot of Jim Henson talk this week. If you like talking really? about Muppets, specifically about the Dark Crystal, but I, I veer off into. I reread a couple biography things about uh, it, Dark Crystal is, uh, I think, a, a beautiful, unbelievable vanity project from Henson, and um, I'm glad it exists, but it's not enjoyable. And, oh, it's fun to talk about, though, fun to watch. And uh, uh, 30, 2010 this week, uh, we, wow, we had to talk about The Hobbit last week. This week we talk about Two Towers. Uh, mm. I think the most underrated because it's it, it, like mm. how many people land the third movie that almost never happens. It didn't happen with either Star Wars. Uh, it didn't happen with uh, Dark Knight. It, it just, just, just two, two towers gets overlooked. It's so good, so good. Yeah, and it was watching that with you know rewatching it recently with Diana. I realized, like, this is the genesis of the 21st century approach to franchise filmmaking. Yes. Like, mm. from from this, we get, I think, you could argue the later Harry Potter movies. Yes. We get the MCU. Like, you know, this, this convinced people that you could do these big multi-part epics. Yes. And it would make mm. a shit ton of and, money. And, and, and then that became the standard for a and, lot and of motion time. capture. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it, mm-hmm. like uh, JR puts it a good way that, like... Um, like the original Star Wars trilogy, it changed the movie industry, and and you could argue Fellowship did that, but like Two Towers solidified that, especially with Gollum. Uh, very very yeah. fun to talk about, man. I, I love talking about. I I forgot how much I love Lord of the Rings because of how much I don't like the Hobbit movies. Mm. It's 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 weird to say a Lord of the Rings movie was tight, but Two Towers was the tightest one in terms of there was a lot mm-hmm. of story they had to get through. Versus, I think Return of the King meanders a bit with like the eighteen endings it has or whatever. I, yeah. I love all those movies, but Two Towers is just like I think they're having so read those books. It, they're amazing adaptations. Like yeah, like, yeah I mean, yeah. there's like one and a half books is what the middle one is because they yeah. end mm-hmm. Fellowship like in the last like quarter of the yes. books and the way they spread it out across movies. It's like the books to me are now irrelevant um, mm. after how well the movies were adapted. Mm. Bah! But 30, yeah. 2010, listen to that. Um, yeah, Mrs. Michael Rapara's Diana Goodman, uh, and J.R. Rawls and me. Bam. Uh, Michael already plugged, so end of the year, we got our best of the year coming up the next couple of weeks. I don't know if we already plugged it, but Brendan makes an appearance uh, on some entries there. Possibly so a liked, couple oh, of appearances. Yeah. If you liked hearing him here, you should listen for him during those uh, top ten shows. Um, and then 
as always, we'll have some Patreon-exclusive content that is meant to enhance and complement the Game of the Year stuff. We have the show where Chris, Michael, and I duke it out to yeah. order how we do we become get the less friends day. with one another. But That's yes. right. That's right. Yes. yes. Awful. Or, or Matt manipulates us all conflict. for the, the benefit of patrons. That's right. Sucks. <laughs> it, it does become yeah, a little bit of a, a you know game of chess maneuvering to make sure that my pieces all make it to the top. I end up dissatisfied every time. And And you can hear that (laughs) on patreon.com slash laser time at the $5 or more level. All right. Well, as always, you can visit us online at vidjagameapocalypse.com or follow us on Twitter at vgapocalypse. And you can follow me personally at wikiparas, W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. And I would also encourage you to follow the account that uh, pings the location of my private jet as it moves around the world. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Man. that is topical. You don't Man. even know why. Uh, anyway, that has been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. I think I think I said Lakshmana was AJ's mother. I think Lakshmana is the little girl and Ishwari is the mother. Sorry. Idiot. Yes, I'm terrible. Here's another Did you even play this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs>